What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right. I'm so excited today. We're watching my favorite movie with my favorite people of all time. <laughs> Superman the movie. And to my left is... Hi, I'm Kenzie. <laughs> Kenzie, what do you do? Who are you? Uh, I play music. You might know me from the little introduction on Super Friends. Yes. And yes. I'm, I'm also this guy's girlfriend. <laughs> yes, yes. And my other girlfriend, right there, Mason. What's up? How's it going? What do you do for the show? I'm I am the producer, and I get to come on during the, the opening of the curtain here. I'm the producer of Eric's Super Friends podcast. Yes, and my favorite person in the world. Oh, yeah. I and mean, I'm Hooks. Uh, I like to hang out with Eric and Kenzie. And you're a fine artist. And I'm an artist, and you can see my stuff at Baby Face Hooks on anything. I'm so excited. So this is the oh, coolest so cool. opening for a comic book movie. <laughs> it opens the, with a comic book. What the heck book. is this? And it's not with the Action Comics number one cover. It's a different cover for the movie. Which I is don't weird. remember this being in the movie at all. Oh, Me it either. totally is. Because do you remember Spin Returns, the movie that came out later with Brian Singer? So this is the kid from that movie. They retconned it. Superman's son from that movie is reading this. Oh. Yeah. It's the best. Wow, so we're watching on VHS, we should mention, which is the way that God intended movies to be watched. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> so this is the version. There's many of these, but this is the version we're watching. From a secondhand copy with a woman's name written all over them in Sharpie, right? Yeah, so thank you to Connie V, who maybe died <laughs> or just bought a Blu-ray player and gave these to Amoeba Records in Hollywood. This is this is what I remember. Yeah, dude. It starts here. This credit sequence cost more than most movies that came out in the 70s like it was so expensive it was very inspiring I remember when I was a kid I would throw my hand up in front of the screen (laughs) and pretend that I was flying through the letters in space yes dude and it's uh, that John Williams score who also did the score for Star Wars I think I conflated this with Star Wars oh no in terms of like I'm like oh because when we were syncing this up earlier Mm -hmm. hearing uh the score start i was like mm-hmm. oh shit yeah i've totally just like <laughs> thought this was some other like oh, i can't remember exactly which star wars that is but i feel like it's in one of them <laughs> yep same composer and same all the same players too all the this same is like, episode lists. eight oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it's so good it's awesome and it's christopher reeve the best superman my favorite i think everyone's favorite probably can we agree with that consensus best sure. superman mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know that uh bruce jenner turned down the role for really? Christopher Reeve. Whoa. I just found out recently. Yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, Bruce was, gonna, was in the Village People movie uh, Can't Stop the Music instead. Turned on Superman for uh, Can't Stop the Music. <laughs> well, that was a wise choice. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah, Village People, like the band? Like the yeah. band made a movie? Yeah, they had a movie called Can't Stop the Music. And, yeah. Very popular, mm-hmm. so I hear. More so than Superman. <laughs> I, I doubt that. <laughs> Eric, your entire podcast is a testament to... <laughs> That not being the case. I'm going to start a new uh, Village People podcast. Mm-hmm. Be great. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie Perrin. You remember her, right? Everybody yeah. remembers her. The best part of the movie. <laughs> what or about Maria Schell? Maria Schell, yeah. You know Ooh, her? Maria. She's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have <laughs> Dickers. Dickers, you're in the podcast. We have our own crypto in the, in the audience who's a dog in the room mm-hmm. for the dog perspective. We have a huge dog listenership for Super Friends, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah. It's because well, you brought crypto back. Dogs mm-hmm. are true. man's best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even Superman's best friend. Yep, and Kenzie's right. I did write crypto in the Superman special, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dogs, tune in for that. This is so majestic and amazing. It feels like flying. I remember being in the theater watching this when I was a kid. It wasn't the one that first came out, but it was like a, one of those art Did house you throw cinemas. your hand up in front of the screen? I just started crying immediately. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. He's in 3D. So good. So this right here, what we're watching with the letters, that's the thing that was... Really so tremendously expensive. expensive? Yeah, because yeah, the, they show like planets and stuff too, and it's uh-huh. all yeah, it's really, really so special. So they had effect-y. never really done huh. 3D lettering before. So this is like the big because all that stuff had to be done by hand. There was no Photoshop and then or anything. That was like somebody, yeah, totally a sparkler. <laughs> yeah, and it's just hilarious because there used to be companies uh, that that's all they did was titles. There were whole production companies out here in Hollywood, and all they did was titles mm-hmm. and like. The That's... stories by the same guy that did The Godfather? Yeah, Mario Puzo. I guess a lot of it was rewritten uh, by Richard Donner, but they wanted to have like some um, like gravitas, so they hired the guy who did Godfather. And the first script was so campy that like Coljack made a guest appearance in it, and it was like really like kind of like Adam West style. Who? Interesting. Coljack, the bald guy with the lollipop, who was like a seventies TV Kojak. show character. Oh, oh, Telly Savalas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like he met Luther in this movie and right, stuff. Right, right. So it was like the Adam West style uh, tone, but then they rewrote it to make it more of like a. A realistic but is that thing. how they got Marlon Brando? They were like, yo, Mario yeah. Puzo's on it. And Marlon Brando was like, I'm on yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I think a lot of folks saw it because he wrote the first draft. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. The Godfather. Oh, Richard Donner. You way to go, Richard Donner. I'm upset, Eric, that this is not the extended director's cut. But, oh, dare you. you know, we'll do that. We'll do it next. This is the version that I watched the most as a kid. Fair so enough. I have, Fair I have enough. emotional feelings about it. <laughs> the best kind of feelings. <laughs> so now here we are on the planet Krypton. And it's red. Mm-hmm. No, that's the red sun of Krypton. It's, yeah, it's Rao. They even named the sun because they worshipped it. It's called Rao. Oh, instead of Ra. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Or like the spaghetti sauce. I don't know the connection. Ragu? No, there's a Rao spaghetti sauce. And I always buy it just because it says Rao on it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick anime shout out. Rao is also the evil warlord in Fist of the North Star. Oh, what a nerd. There you go. What a nerd. That's how it is. Oh my god! So Marlon Brando as Jor-el is one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I guess he was the highest paid actor in the movie, and he's in it for like maybe three minutes, I think. Right, and then, but then there's a whole speech of his in the director's cut that they excise. Fortress of Solitude. No, this is Krypton. Home planet. Okay. Yeah, this is. Yeah, that's why it looks similar though, because it's the same architecture, kind of. Yeah. I really thought it was cool because it's all crystal based, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "That's dope." Yeah, it is dope. It looks like a D&D paperback book cover. <laughs> yeah, Superman's best people guy. grew up in like a very punishing environment. Like it's, it's it's a heavy gravity and it's people can barely live. It's this crystalline wasteland. So explains why he's so tough genetically. Unless you don't believe in evolution and it's valid too, I guess. <laughs> so this is very timely now too. It's a scientist before a council of Kryptonian scientists being like, so we have a... The planet's changing. There's a global climate change. And they're like, no, it isn't. You're an idiot. That could never happen. Good old Marlon Brando. So he made $3.7 million for being in this for like wow, three Wow, and this minutes. was like 1979 or something. <laughs> yeah, that's A million dollars a minute. <laughs> and he made a percentage of the, of the overall gross as nice. well. Wow. And he sued because he, he, he didn't think he got enough. At the end, when it, when it finally came out, it was such a hit. So he's not in the second one, even though they were filmed side by side. I really liked that 
this uh, dovetails into the second one, mm-hmm. but you didn't know it at the time. You yeah. were just like, oh, this is crazy. Also, those rings, mm-hmm. yeah. so cool. Everybody was always wondering, how do they do that? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Was, at the time, it was groundbreaking special effects, Yeah, but uh, it's actually super simple. Super how did simple. they do it? Magic. No. Oh, you want okay. me to tell you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 the two loops are already joined at one point, mm-hmm. and they just rotate around. But it looks mm. like you're spinning oh. independently. Uh huh. So good. I guess Marlon Brando had the idea. He wanted to have a Superman symbol on his chest, right? And he was the guy who like made up. Uh, that's the, now the House of L crest. Oh, cool! So it's not an S. It's the yellow negative space is what we're looking at. It just looks like an S to humans who speak English. But uh. he just wanted to wear a Superman costume, so they reverse engineered all that off of his whim. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! Isn't that great. That's incredible. It's a good part of the story too. Yeah, I love that part of the story. I guess initially he just wanted to do a voiceover too. He wanted there to be a puppet and all the Kryptonians to be like aliens. And when the, when Clark lands on Earth for him to see a human and then shape shift into a human, cool. Because it makes sense That's that they're so all just cool. like white humans, right? But but they were like, well, in the comics, every kid already knows what Jor-El looks like. So he just didn't want to like go to the set. He wanted to just do voiceover. But it's much more impactful when it's human beings looking at each other. Terrence Stamp is Terrence odd. Stamp bringing it out. So good. This is like a you know a little kid story. It's simple, but this was heavy to me as a kid when like their planet is dying and Jor-El knows that it is, and then these three Kryptonians want to overthrow the government and save the world, mm-hmm. but it's gonna they're gonna kill everybody, like kill all the government to replace it, and, gotcha. and he's stopping them from doing that. And like, is that good or is that bad? That's a heavy idea. Yeah. Like it's he's, good. He's saving the Senate, but he's dooming the planet on accident. Mm-hmm. Oh, could they save the planet? Those three? Yeah, if they overthrew the government, uh, they would stop. They would listen to Jor-El. Oh, I see. And because he knows the Krypton's exploding. But it's too late because it's happening in like thirty minutes. Yeah, but even I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do in thirty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> But they've been imprisoned, you know, for a while. For so. years, I thought that said your ass. Your ass. And all my friends were like, "Oh my god!" So because funny. it's Superman. So he said you and your ass. But what he actually said was your heirs. Yeah. Oh. But because it's Terrence Stamp, he spoke with an accent. Mm-hmm. And so for for half of my life, I was like, "Yo, everyone!" All my friends were like, "Do you remember when they said your ass in Superman?" Anyway, <laughs> better movie. Yeah, it's so funny just to show that. Like, and number two, we're coming back for your heirs. Right. This was also super cool. Mm-hmm. But do you see what I'm talking about, Kinsey? Like, the the rings are already joined mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. That's so simple and brilliant. So dope. So good. All these miniatures instead of CGI. Mm-hmm. Really great. This is also super cool. The Phantom Zone. Yeah, I like how it's visualized in this. Because in the comic, it's just another dimension. But in this, there's this weird aspect of it being like, they're sucked well, into like a, a little mirror. glass plate. Yeah. And, yeah. I love it. And then later... I believe in two, he's like flying through space and smashes through it or something. And this movie was supposed That's to That's a end. little convenient, but yeah. whatever. This one was initially supposed to end with Clark throwing the rocket into space and it hitting this Phantom Zone thing yeah. and then freeing them and then the, the credits rolling. And it was going to start with like, oh my God, Superman freed these Phantom Zone guys. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were going to do the him going back around the Earth in the second movie. Ah. Uh, but it was more dramatic. I got, I got some thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think well, we all do. When we get there, we'll, <laughs> we'll do it. This was scary to me, being trapped this in this. This is so cool. It's still scary. And for, like, a highly civilized race, that's intense. It it did not... 
It did not come clear to me that those three people were fighting to save the planet. It should, yeah. I think because that's a more, it makes them not as evil, and they want just black and white in these films, so they changed right. it. These costumes are dope. They wove little tiny glass bulbs into them so they react to, to oh, the light wow. of the camera. Right. And if you touched it with your hand, the oils from your hand would actually dull the bulbs, so they'd right. be handprints and stuff. Yep. So they had to like wash it down if anybody ever touched their own costume. Wow. That's a big one on, on theater lighting. Mm-hmm. If you touch it with your bare hand, the bulbs get so hot that they will explode because the oils from your fingers will, oh. will explode the bulb. That's intense. Anyway. Yeah, these are great. Look, it's Maria Schell. No, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty cool. Oh, 30 days. I guess mm-hmm. they had 30 days. Yeah, yeah. It's so topical now. It's funny. Mm-hmm. They're all like, don't tell the poor people that we're dying. Well, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Mass panic. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to... Well, they have spaceships. Well, what's stuff, more obviously. interesting, what's more topical is they're like, we have 30 days to save the planet, but we're not going to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And they had a religious conviction to not leave the planet. Like, it was part of Kryptonian culture that, to not travel throughout space and to not leave. It was like really? a religious thing. Oh, wow. So that's why they, they didn't explore outer space. That's why he only he made a tiny contraband rocket that was like a. That's not, is that in this movie? Uh, no. Or is that in your greater knowledge of. It's in greater Superman I continuity. Okay. But, but in this, like. They're saying that they're, culturally they don't want to leave the planet, even though they know it might be exploding. Interesting. So they don't say it's a religious thing. I would be but... like, yo, 30 days, maybe we should have a backup plan. Yeah, like... yeah. Oh, Marlon Brando, you're so good. We just watch the movie now because it's so awesome. He has the spit <laughs> curl a little bit in white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the... uh. See the technicality there? Neither I nor my wife will leave Krypton, but they have a kid. Oh. So he didn't lie. Even Superman's dad won't lie. I love all their, their different symbols. Because mm-hmm. it shows you it's not an S, like we said earlier. They're just these arbitrary yeah. sigils. I want a t-shirt of all of them. <laughs> you better freeze frame. <laughs> Pull the frames and then send them off to a... Actually, I don't know, Eric, do the, do you, in the DC archives, do they have a... They probably do. For yeah. different houses. They're go. making a new TV show called Krypton that is how that's Game of Thrones on the planet Krypton as uh. the planet's exploding. And it's like the end of Rome where everyone's just like fucking and fighting because like the planet's <laughs> going down. So I'm sure they'll explore all of those. So there's our first vision of Clark. Baby Clark in his proto super suit. Yeah, yeah. The blanket that he's wrapped in there will become his suit later on. Even the belt, I guess, because of that yellow. Is there enough fabric there? It stretches. Yeah. It's like cotton. It's super. It's super fabric. Way to go, Marlon Brando. You married up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like 40 years younger than him. Nice. Good job. It's amazing. Yeah, Lara doesn't get a whole lot in the Superman mythos. So it was actually good that Marlon Brando had a falling out with the producers of the film. Because in the second movie, Lara is like the big uh, voice of Krypton to Clark. Like she comes back and mm. talks to him more. Oh, right there's, right. there's no Marlon Brando in the second one when he goes to the, the fortress. Right. So we get to meet his mom more. They're talking about Earth now and sending Clark to Earth. And I, I sort of hate that, that they know that Earth exists. I like the, when it's like Moses where they just put him out in space and they're like, well, I hope something finds you. Like, right. you're for sure going to die here. And then like fate guides him to Earth. It's weird that they know that Earth exists. Well, I think mm-hmm. it's really weird that he's like raised by his spaceship for five years and there's no 
repercussions from that. That's why Clark is so awkward. He's homeschooled by a rocket. <laughs> I know, but he's not. He's just kind of <laughs> like, I'm still fine. But I mean, if you if you couldn't move out of a one foot space for five years. Some might call that, uh, you know, child cruelty. Yeah, I, I would call it abuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in that rocket they like tell them about Einstein's theories and like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates and like how do they know like they're just spying on earth but oh, not interfering at all oh yeah they must all. have been they must be like watching us as an experiment well they talk about that in the new Superman right like they were like oh they're they're going to be like us someday but yeah in the new Superman movies the new continuity we were Neanderthals right. when exploded they, they look at earth and we're all like cave people right. and it took that long from for Clark's pod to reach earth right so it's an ancient time which makes like le- even less sense yeah you know <laughs> yeah i like when it's just fate and like Who's the hand of kid? god guides him what happened to this kid now the kid is now chris o'donnell <laughs> it's not true you know what good job <laughs> <laughs> he's in the second movie too as, as like a little kid that like, did see oh that kid yeah the little baby oh wow mm-hmm Oh, we'll never leave you, even in the face of our deaths. Mm. I love this. It's a very, like, selfless idea of parenting. I think, like, a lot of folks who are really into Superman didn't have that growing up. I know that I didn't. And it's it's as, like, magical and fun that he had loving parents as that he can fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's cool. That Man, they... that's dark. <laughs> you're, you're like, no one, no one on Earth had a good childhood. Like, <laughs> Well, a lot of my friends are into Superman. That's the case is, like, yeah, that idea. Well, it's that an interesting spin to put uh, on abandonment, mm-hmm. you know, like to say, like, well, I mean, I did get abandoned by my family. But they loved me mm-hmm. so much yeah, that yeah. they let me go. Mm-hmm. It's like the girl that's like, no, no, no. He said it was for the best. Yeah. He wants <laughs> the best for me. Yeah. That's so. right. And he must have meant it. Little Kal-El. I like the Krypton names are sort of like they're playing off Hebrew, you know, Kal-El. Hmm. Right, yeah. That was kind of fun. Well, the Moses story, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I love this green crystal. I wanted a green crystal so bad after this movie. <laughs> I hated that it was green because it should. It's kryptonite is the green crystal, I mean, and I everyone knows that. that but... So they should made like a bluer. No, I mean I understand that, but green is my favorite. <laughs> well, sorry. The spaceship design is so beautiful too. It being this weird alien crystalline thing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. See, now this doesn't make sense. So the scene before, they're like, we have 30 days. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, no, never well, mind. Well, 30 days till, like, it's FUBAR. This is it, though. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying, like, who? I don't know what the other 29 days are going to look like. Oh, yeah, maybe, sure, sure. Maybe more, maybe more shit happens. Alien dragons no, and I'm, stuff. Isn't it that he flies away and it explodes behind him? Isn't yeah. that the deal? Yeah. Oh, but the, okay. So the science was off. There's... The, well, the flawless Kryptonian science. Jarrell's the only one who had it going on. He knew everything. Also, did they say that he gave the speech and then the next second this happened? No. Or could he have been like, yeah, right. he could have gone home and then we jumped ahead in time a few right, days. But so like, there was kid no they waited 29 days to make sure that kids whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my only real beef. 
from what I remember of movies in the late 70s and early 80s, exposition was never really their, like, strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe that's where Batman versus Superman is really, like, coming, and, and now, like, we're just, like, I'll give you all exposition. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's very talky-talk. I love that the skylight breaks and it's red. Yeah. Like, really, really sells it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man, that spaceship. So good. I like the contrast to this to the Kent farm too, like the cold, vacuous Krypton out in space mm-hmm. with all like crystalline and metal and, and like harsh. And then the Kent farm is this like beautiful, like just waves of grain and these like happy animals mm-hmm. and earth tones. It's funny that everyone wears white on Krypton, but then the baby blanket is primary colors. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder what that's mm-hmm. all about. Maybe maybe it's a rite of passage when you become a Kryptonian adult. They remove the color spectrum from your... What a bummer. Yeah. Isn't it... Well, the There's a new TV show, Krypton, coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, on sci-fi, yeah. Oh. Do you know anything about that, Eric? I mean, Inside scoop? I couldn't tell you if I did, right? Damn it. Right? <laughs> I know it's Clark's uh, grandpa. It's not Jarrell. Krypton mm-hmm. is like Jarrell's dad. Oh, so they're going back further than we thought they were going to. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, because they want to have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole thing like the father becomes the son, right? Superman's right. Like, yeah. Every generation like corrects the mistakes of the former, which is a cool theme. It's a it's a cool concept. I'm glad that that's there's a lot of room to play there. I think it'll be a good show. Mm-hmm. Not as good as the. 1979 Richard Donner Superman film. Heck yeah, dude. Oh, oh my God, this is grisly. I bet you should have listened to him now. You wish you listened <laughs> to him now. Oh, man. I remember like wanting to watch Superman as a kid. Like I said, I saw that S and I was crying. It was amazing. And then like this was not Superman to me. It's like, oh, it's like grisly death and murder and a planet exploding. Like It's a weird way to start what we all remember as a very hopeful, positive movie. Like the planet exploding. Well, this entire thing in action comics is like two panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they're they swearing throughout space in his little rocket. This is what I'm talking about, though, because he, he's growing up inside of a cube. Mm-hmm. I guess he's too young to be traumatized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They changed it in the comics around this era to make it, it was called the Kryptonian birthing matrix. Right. And he was just like a, like a pile of cum, and he like grew into like a baby <laughs> while he was in there, but he was just like a couple cells at first. It was like really weird. <laughs> so it was like a womb. It was like in Krypton, they don't have childbirth. They like had electronic right. wombs hmm. where did they do this in the man of steel john byrne oh. superman reboot in the 80s they came like right around here i missed that Alone i don't too. remember that at all yeah, was the... that a movie no no it was a comic series it was the reboot oh, for the oh, 80s okay okay i got you yeah yeah and like cyborg superman became like the matrix turned evil and became its own character <laughs> yeah so we hear like they're explaining earth culture to him before he even gets there I'm always amazed that he's so chill about the whole thing. Yeah, cool. He's heavily sedated. Right. And Jarrell's explaining, like, his powers to him, and that's really weird, because, like, has the Kryptonian come to Earth then? Like, that would have been a cool mm-hmm. sequel. Like, mm-hmm. Did they explore, and then they were banned from doing so? Did someone abuse their power? Like, no, that would have been awesome. I think that would have been awesome, but I think he actually, in the beginning, he's just saying, like, their yellow sun will have this effect. But so how, how do just, they know? 
Because he's a scientist. Science, <laughs> the power of science. But you have Eric. to experiment, right? Did they find other yellow suns? Actually, that's true. Because if they knew the effect yellow sun would have, wouldn't they all just have like little yellow sun generators? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Like, I'm gonna fly. Mm-hmm. Maybe it couldn't beat the red sun of their. I don't know. I like that it's just a cultural thing. Like we said again, like they could go be gods, but their their Kryptonian culture is so oppressive they can't leave the planet. They can't acknowledge that science is real. Like mm. I can relate to that as an American right now. <laughs> and Ma and Pa Kent, adorable. That classic Smallville truck. Yeah, it's so great. I love the. They didn't really hammer home the Kent idea that like they were trying to have a kid forever and and they couldn't. And that uh, oh, really? Ma, Ma like prayed to the heavens every day to like have a child, and then like God dropped him one in a rocket, so it's all fine. It's they, heavy, man. They don't know he's an alien. They're just like, it's from Jesus. It's they're, from Jesus. They're small town Kansas kids, and that's kind of adorable. Hello. And there's little naked baby Clark Kent. Yeah, <laughs> bold man. His little super wing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I like that the Kents aren't really phased by this too. They're just like, oh, a kid needs help. It's very Superman. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll just take him in. Well, that's you know, that's middle middle America, man. Mm-hmm. The heartland. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And there we go with Martha saying, like, I prayed and prayed for a kid, and now I've been given one. Foreshadowing. Oh, no. What? He's got a bum heart. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. That won't come into play later. (laughs) He's he's Superman. It's fine. How do you know? <laughs> so Clark is a an undocumented immigrant, which I enjoy a lot. Right. With falsified papers. Right. Which is very cool. In that Man is still reboot we we're talking about, uh they think that he's a Russian. The, like the Russians sent a baby oh, into space right. and it fell, like the like a monkey or something. I love that. Lift in the truck, <laughs> little Superman. Nice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and that's a sharp contrast from the the Smallville mythology, where he had to grow into his powers and right. he didn't know that he had them. Like here, as a baby, he can lift trucks. Well, the Smallville. I mean, that was all about puberty and mm-hmm. becoming, dealing with teenage angst mm-hmm. and you know. And it used to be in the comics that there was a super baby and a super boy and then a superman. And then now in this movie, there's just he, he was Superman. Clark Kent and right. Superman. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make concessions where you, mm-hmm. the, the, the plot, mm-hmm. the, t- the pacing. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why he doesn't like rule varsity football. Oh, man, because he's not gonna use his powers for but personal But he game. could get into such a good college on a scholarship and <laughs> save everything. Like, yeah, but it's cheating. I like he's the he's the manager. He likes to be close to the team and help out. I mean, that's cool, and I respect that. But <laughs> it's it's a key to a better life yeah. for his family as well. By the way, yeah, I don't think he ever foresaw leaving the farm at this point. 
this kid who's playing Clark as a teenager, his he, we never hear him in the movie. His voice is dubbed over by Christopher Reeve. Oh, interesting. Really? Oh, I thought that was Christopher. Wow, they found really good casting. They looks just like him in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I thought it was voice. him they, with like some makeup. That's all dubbed. Yep, it's excellent, right? Yeah, we've it seen is. so many movies that are just a mess yeah. with the person's actual voice, like the Godzilla films. And stuff. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, this is great. This is what I'm talking about, Mackenzie. Delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun seeing Smallville High here. That spit curl still. Man, I thought that was Christopher Reeve. Yeah, it looks just like him. Yeah. Great actor. This is my favorite. Yeah. He's like, I'm pissed. I love that he's not a saint. He just tries his best. He has all the same feelings that we do. He's still like really tempted, but right. he, just does, he chooses to do the right thing. Bam. <laughs> Love that. I wanted that football to fall in like movie four or something. <laughs> like payback. That'd be good. Oh, I also like this where he's running alongside the train. Yeah. Special effects in this film are really dope, especially yeah. given the time that they were doing it. They're amazing. Beating that speeding locomotive. I guess the stuntman actually tore a muscle in his thigh doing this, <laughs> trying to keep up with the train. It didn't look awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Worth it. <laughs> it looks so good. And they didn't green screen it? There's like the... Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a good mix of the two, though. I love that. The joy of being Superman. I like that it's he's happy and that it's fun. And they show that like being Kryptonian is awesome. Well, he's a teenager <laughs> playing with his powers. Like, mm-hmm. you know... Shout out to the John Williams score. So so good. good. Yeah. It's the best. I forgot to mention that, uh, speaking of actors and stuff, Marlon Brando earlier uh, when he was reading the, those speeches, he didn't memorize his, his lines for the movie at all. He just wrote them on Sharpie on the baby's diaper. <laughs> for real? When, when he's holding it up, yeah, like on the blanket and stuff. Like they're always off off the camera on like that was cue his, cards that was his big thing and... he was like I don't re- I don't memorize lines and he would just demand cue cards mm-hmm. that was his thing yeah and he drew him on the baby at one point point. <laughs> <laughs> and 3.7 million dollars why don't you make like a tree and leave <laughs> uh. oh, oh, shame shame <laughs> Hubris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Pa, gee, golly shucks. <laughs> I mean, this is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I love it. The only thing that's missing is like the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Those Norman Rockwell vistas. I love how he downplays it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keeping his kid grounded. He's a good dad. That's an intense idea there. I love that. Like, Clark's like, can I just be who I am? And the answer Mm -hmm. is yes, but like, not as Clark Kent, really. He has to get this double identity. Because he can't fairly compete. I I think it's more like. It's again parental concern. They're like, if anybody finds out, like they'll take you away from us. 
I think he's preparing him for more than that, though, too, because he knows that he won't be around forever. Right. And, well, like, that's the thing. Man is yeah, 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 for sure. So he's like, eventually, like when you mm-hmm. when you leave to find your way, like then, you know. And that idea of like Pa Kent telling him that you're here for more than just a score cut touchdowns, it's it's his personal, like kind of Christian middle American like idea. Mm-hmm. And now in the newer movies we're like we make it actually fate and like he is predestined to do stuff and is it's not oh, it's not the case. What's right? this? Oh no, uh, Pa. An allergic reaction. How's your oh. arm doing, Pa? Oh. oh no. Oh man. Could he get to the hospital in time? Maybe. Yeah, and also did the stress of him seeing Clark showing off with his powers give him the heart attack? Is that that's what a dark him? way to go? I don't think so. I think he's nervous about. Come on, because he's like, "Hey, buddy." Yeah. Actually, why didn't he hear his dad say "Oh no" and fall on the ground? He was hanging out with the pop. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he's still. <laughs> no, but he's got super hearing. <laughs> He could hear a bird. Right, but he's still an adolescent. I see. So yeah, he's not that's, I think that that's, that's maybe what I am seeing out of this is that, yeah, they really are emphasizing the human, the humanity For sure. of Superman For here. sure, yeah. And he was like self-centered, right? He was trying to use his powers to help to like impress girls and he's not focused on the world around him yet. He's focused on the thing right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And as a Superman, he'll like grow to expand that. Oh, Smallville. It's weird, right, that, like, Pa dies and then Clark chooses to leave Smallville. Like, wouldn't he, like, double down and want to take care of the farm and his mom? It's interesting. Oh, it's like Luke Skywalker. He's like, there's nothing here for me anymore. Like, I love you, Mom, and I'll come back and visit and write, but, like, it's time. I think he's looking for the next mentor figure. Like, his dad taught him all that he could, so now the next one is Perry White. Well, within this, Mm -hmm. because this is all I know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but within this construct... you you know, you know. uh, It seems like, I don't know, the last conversation you have with somebody before they die is very impactful. That's true. Like, no matter who that person is to you, whether it's a relative or just a good friend or... But if somebody that's important to you, you always will go back and go, okay, this was the last conversation we had. And if the last conversation they had was all about, like, look, you can't show off your powers here. Mm. I do see as, like, a junior, senior in high school or whatever he's supposed to be portraying that you'd go, well... I'm off. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. And you're meant for more, son. Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, well, what am I doing piddling around with this then? Let's that's figure great, out. That's a great point. You said you had some, like, Superman kind of parallels in your life a little bit. Do you want to talk about that oh, at all? Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was saying earlier that uh, the reason why I didn't get into Superman is uh, my biological dad was into that and a couple other nerdy things. I had a, I had a late nerdy start. Honestly, uh, where I like started to get into franchises later in life, mm-hmm. uh, and I just never sort of went back to Superman. Um, and it's only been recently that more of my comic enthusiast friends uh, have been encouraging me to actually pay more attention to, yeah, these these comic. Uh, the I don't know. I mean. Even to, even talking today, we're mm-hmm. talking about well, this is the Superman trilogy of these 
this particular director's vision or yeah. whatever. But then you've got like the action comics, but then you've also got Smallville, and then you've also got you know whoever's writing Superman now. And I don't know, um, as someone who has always been really into geeky stuff, but not really into comics, mm. this has been a revelation for me how. Um, I don't know how cool it is that, that people can take these like larger than life figures and that each artist can kind of come in and go, well, this would be my version yeah, yeah. of this. Uh, I don't know. It's like making gods or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's this mythology we're allowed to play with because we, we acknowledge it's not real, but mm -hmm. it's still as impactful in people's lives as like a Christ story. And because we've acknowledged it's not real, like it's okay for us all to like try our hand at it. Yeah. 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 You know? Uh, yeah. So I, I do. I do appreciate that a lot. It's really fun. Uh-oh. That looks like that green crystal. But not kryptonite. Confusing. Yeah, why, why? Honest, did they make that decision? Yeah, I have no idea. I think just because that's... There's that's, yeah. a whole world of colors. <laughs> if, if rocks like this passed through the radiation of a yellow sun when, it, when the planet exploded, they become kryptonite. But if they were just contained in his ship and away from the yellow sun, and like, like they're just the rock that we're on Krypton. So it's the... There's a like a radioactive change that happens when they've passed through space. And there's different colors to different suns create different kinds of kryptonite. There's like red and blue and gold and okay. silver. And, yeah. and that's, again, forgive this n totally novice question, but <laughs> those are all separate from the lanterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The lanterns came like decades and decades. That's but, a newer idea. That's like But don't you think like, I mean, old. if we, li I, it, okay, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was just, I'm like, I, <laughs> I mean, right. you mean the Green Lantern Corps? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only just recently learned, again, showing off my, my comic naivete, but uh, I only just recently learned that there's more than just the Green Lantern. Yeah, it's the whole emotional spectrum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy, did I Superman got a blue ring for a minute because he embodies hope, and blue is the hope emotion. So he led the charge of the blue ring, and it was very cool. Supergirl got red because she's an angry young teenager. She has rage. <laughs> Pretty good. That's a Smallville costume, the flannel. So, if she's, was she this white-haired in the last? Season? No, she wasn't. I was just about to say that clearly he's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah some time. Passed. I mean, grief may have grayed her a, a bit, but yeah, he didn't just like leave. Sure, sure, yeah. I like the reference to Ben Hubbard, who he has to help take care of mom. And Superman Returns, which is the last movie in this continuity, she and, actually, she and Ben have actually become an item. Like, they, they're dating, and they have, like, Scrabble Nights and stuff. It's, really? a, quick, it's a quick reference, but yeah. It's wow. Just, poor, so. poor Pa Kent. Like, like, 50 years later. <laughs> gone and forgotten. <laughs> I guess that's cool, though. I mean, yeah, he would have wanted that, right? And Clark said it mean, up. That's what people cute. say, but I wonder, you know, I don't know. We'll have to go ask him. <laughs> Maybe he hell. secretly, like... He hated Ben. Oh, no. Like, Rivals. Ben was always, you know, <laughs> Martha's second uh, fan or whatever. Oh, cute. That hug. She had, like, the sound effects of crushing bones as he's hugging her. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Mom. Crack, 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 And there's sort of like a, another Christ thing here where Clark leaves Smallville now and there's a huge chunk of missing time mm. between that and then he's like, he's 30 when he gets to Metropolis 
And it's, yeah, it's funny well, that they, we have that in the Bible, too. They talk about that in Man of Steel, right? Like, he wanders the world for a bit, like, truck yeah. stops and stuff. I like that idea. I think that first came out in the Lois and Clark TV show. Right. And then comics came out in Birthright. And then, yeah, it's the new thing. But yeah, and this, I guess, he just goes to the Fortress of Solitude and, like, downloads information. I mean, I know it's the, you know, because he lives in, like, the heartland, and that's where he blah, blah, blah. But mm. in terms of the... It's really interesting how they're doing the palette uh, of the movie, the color palette, because uh-huh. what what you end up seeing a lot of times is that really, really blue sky, mm. that yellow field yeah. at the bottom, and then him wearing red. Yeah, yeah, right. red yeah. So it's just like all of those. Mm. Yeah. This it's is, pretty... yeah. It's right, so Eric. on point. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying watching this. I'm glad you dug it. And that crystal's calling out to him, so now he's going back to the to the Arctic on Earth because it's the most Kryptonian type environment on the planet Earth. Oh, is he's that feeling compelled. why? I thought he was just like, I'm going to keep walking till I can't walk anymore. But he's Superman, so he can walk <laughs> yeah, yeah. all the way to the. He can walk in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I think that crystal's calling to him, and yeah. Oh yeah, maybe the crystal. Yeah. Some genetic thing. I really like this though. I like the water and the styrofoam icebergs. <gasps> They're styrofoam. Movie magic. So good. This, how does he know? You're saying it's the crystals telling him this? We saw him, like, there's some super hearing thing where it was calling out to him and he heard this weird buzz. Right, I remember that. But, I mean, now is it, like, throw me? I think that there's some, like, genetic thing to it, yeah. I guess that makes sense, because snow is just a crystalline structure. So yeah, ooh, it would, deep. It would be like, I'll take this crystalline structure and restructure it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Santa Claus has a fortress of solitude in the North Pole. <laughs> of course. So, well, they the hang out. You know, oh man, oh, that'd be so good. I love the fortress idea because it's so fun that he's an alien and he's alone and like he's beloved as Superman and he has like a fa- friends and family as Clark, but like no one really understands that like. He has some Kryptonian, like, emotional core that no one really gets to. Mm-hmm. So he can go be Kal-El somewhere, like, away mm-hmm. from the stress of life. And sure. He's not performing the Superman identity, and he's mm-hmm. not performing a Clark Kent identity. He's just genuinely himself. It's really cool. So, yeah, if I had seen this when I was a kid, this would have made a very, very large impact on me. Because this is reminding me of... Uh, Parts of it, anyway, of Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. same same yeah. Uh, technology was Era, used. Yeah, yeah, that was like the Ray Harryhausen stop motion. Yeah, kind of yeah, because the yeah the water and the the miniatures, mm-hmm. it's all the same. It's good stuff. And the weirdness of how the fortress assembles itself is very alien. It's hammering home at the point again that he's not from Earth. Mm-hmm. He's not like a Paul Bunyan character. He's like this weird sci-fi nerd. Yeah. I think I, anti- I yeah, mm-hmm. I never understood that element of Superman before. Mm-hmm. This is making it a little bit more like, oh, it's just home. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you, yeah. And it couldn't be like less Kansas-like to mm-hmm. the Fortress and Krypton. And like, I think his, there's a weird culture shock of coming from that to this. Mm-hmm. And, this is going to be a silly example, but like I'm a Southerner now living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever I talk to another Southerner, they're always like, so you still have like a little jar of bacon grease in your kitchen? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I totally too. have a jar of bacon grease in my kitchen. That's what you, that's what you gotta do. I mean, duh. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know you have a kitchen. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So, Kathy, this is your first time with this movie. I was actually just thinking as I watched it, because I, I was fairly certain I remembered it, or that I that I thought I'd seen it when I was little. Mm-hmm. And then every scene as we go through like feels really familiar and homey. Mm-hmm. So I do think this is one of the things that was like, kind of on regularly at my daycare when I was little and I just like I said I remembered like the feel and colors of it but then as we go through it I'm like oh it feels so homey like something about my three-year-old brain held on to this I think just being an American it's like in the collective consciousness Mm -hmm. of the culture like I don't remember learning the Pledge of Allegiance I don't remember like the first time I saw Superman Mm -hmm. but I just it's just part of me forever you know yeah I was just thinking as the fortress was forming that this all just feels completely logical and normal to me. Mm. And then I thought, man, if I didn't know the Superman story and I would have been like coming in contact with it for the first time right now, this would be so strange. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, of course. He has to go to the North Pole and have his time in the fortress. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> and I think it's strange, not like in an illogical way for me anyway, but just in like an alien way where it's just magical and weird. Mm-hmm. The same way that like Lord of the Rings is strange. Yeah. And this is cool. The Marlon Brando hologram, Joel. I like that he says, like, you don't know who I am, I'm your father, and there's a look of anger on Clark's face. It's not a meeting with the goddess. It's not like, oh, finally. He's, mm-hmm. There's like, a, why the hell haven't you been here? Yeah. And then he keeps right. talking, and Clark understands as he's speaking. Like, oh, that's why you left me. Superman's like the ultimate daddy issue, I think, a superhero, <laughs> more so than mm. Spider-Man or Batman or anybody. Like, everyone I know like, is into him, has some sort of like thing they talk about with yeah. him. He replaces the dad in their life, or he's like mm-hmm. the, an example of the kind of man they want to become. He takes mm-hmm. that role somehow. Yeah. Well, and he represents so many different of those, like parent-son relationship archetypes because like Mm -hmm. he was raised without his parents but at the same time he's really unique from all those other characters and that he was raised like with a really loving mother and father his whole life so he embodies both in a really unique way totally superman to me was always about like masculinity and like what kind of man is the proper one to be that's Mm -hmm. why you have like Jarrell and then you have Pa Kent and then you have Lex Mm -hmm. Luthor and you have Perry White and you have Jimmy Olsen and like they're all uh, paths you can take and superman tries to like be the the best one but that's for sure like what his role is in culture mm-hmm. that's why i was excited to have you and hooks here to talk about that too to not have it like because it's in my mind it's such a masculine like ro- like book to read mm-hmm. about like how to be that like to have both of your experiences and how you express your identities like it was mm-hmm. fun to have you guys here the superman kind of like which which heroes do you as kids both respond to first were you like batman guy or like Wonder woman or uh, no, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that was my first superhero love. Awesome. And I had, like, the giant coloring book, and I would color the pages, um, not even well, and uh, <laughs> tack them up as posters in my room. Awesome. So, like, even when I was a little kid, I was always a maximalist. <laughs> like, I was always like, yes, and we will hang everything <laughs> up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, The Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk, I, there was something that really appealed to me. I was on, or I, I was growing up when that was uh, the TV show on. Sure, so, sure. So, yeah, like, um, 
I loved the idea that this guy could just, like, something could, like, trigger him and he could just, oh! And then, yeah. And it's then very freeing, right? I loved it. I loved that idea, yeah. And I was um, always very small for my age. And so I think that that definitely played a little bit of a part. Like, there was something about, like, this guy yeah. that could just, that's cool. Take over that energy yeah. release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kenzie. Oh, for sure, Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's dark and spooky. I think so. Yeah, I don't know why I liked it. Maybe just because Catwoman was in it. Oh, sure, she's great. I don't know, but I had a serious Batman obsession for a lot of years. Very cool. Named my fish Batman. Had a Batmobile. <laughs> dressed up like Catwoman all the time. Those are great ones. Mason, your favorite superhero when you were a kid? Oh, jeez. Um, First favorite. You want to high road and be like Rosa Parks? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe Superman or Green Lantern. Those are both one of the One of the two. Okay, so now we see Superman for the first time. He's, he's trained for 20 years, like, learning philosophy in the fortress. He's now a perfect man mentally, so he can go out in his costume. He's earned that costume. So did he make that costume? <sighs> I think his daddy did. I was like, I always liked it that... Ma Kent like sewed it for him. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. I love that. That scene in uh, Lois and Clark is so good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm like speaking to the what, you as in whoever the listener might be. That? But I've never seen it. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's like Ma is like creating all these different costumes and like like she accidentally creates a, a, a Captain America costume yeah, yeah. at one point. She's making and like, for <laughs> yeah, they try all these different things and then they get to Superman. And, I love it. It's great seeing the Daily Planet now. Yay. It's very modern. You know, up until now, it's been a very, like, classic kind of timeless movie. Mm -hmm. But now it's, like, hardcore, you know, late 70s. All the fashion and architecture and stuff. Oh, my God. It's Lois Lane, you guys. Margo Kidder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How many T's in bloodletting is the first line from Lois Lane, the best character in the mythology? I love her so much. But you are not a fan of Amy Adams? Uh, I don't I don't know. Lois, that, that's sad for me. And I saw Batman v Superman like, recently again. And there's a point where she's naked and in a bathtub and vulnerable. And Clark walks in and is towering over her. And he touches her and she recoils. And his whole thing is he then he just gets in the bathtub, shoes and clothes all. And like after she physically showed him that she's uncomfortable. And like mm -hmm. my Lois Lane would like push him by the chest and like... I don't know. She's very forceful and she's very like take no nonsense and mm -hmm. expressive. And she's the way that Margaret Kidder well, is. Well, nice, she was in shock lane. from almost kill, being killed, right? I mean, yeah, but I, I don't think Lois. Well, yeah, that, I mean, sure, yeah. I get that. She's like always putting herself in harm's way. Right. And, like, that's the whole thing right. about her is that right. she doesn't have fear. Yeah. Yeah. She's a badass. I love that she's not looking at Clark, too. She just walks right by him mm -hmm. and is talking about this murder. I love he has trouble. <laughs> she takes the bottle from him to open it because he looks weak. And <laughs> oh, Clark! <laughs> so I think the first touch of a woman was just there, where Lois Lane is trying to knock the soda off of his pants. Because he was never with girls in high school. We saw with Lana, and then he went to the fortress for like twenty years. So Superman's a thirty-year-old virgin, which is amazing. <laughs> Ha <laughs> 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 
I love that Clark wears the old-timey 40s reporter outfit. Like, what he thinks a reporter should be. It's the old hat with a press badge and a suit and tie. And we just saw a guy come in with a low neck, like like a V-neck t-shirt that says Daily Planet, looking like hip and like Freddie Mercury. Or is that also kind of a nod to the action comics mm-hmm. era? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great way to fuse the two, though, right? Because yeah. you see yeah. the iconography of the oh, old we, stuff I mean, with we do that. We do that these days. In, in superhero films, they'll do little nods to them dressing like the comics a little bit and mm-hmm. before they bring them updated, mm-hmm. whatever. Jimmy Olsen's bow tie is hip mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. So that's that's Superman in a nutshell, right? He asks for yeah. half his paycheck to be sent home to his mom every week. Mm-hmm. And Lois, is the first time her ear perks up is when she hears that. And she's like, you're sending money to your bookie, right? No, it's to his mom. And she's like, oh, oh, are you real? Yeah. Like, there are no, men like you still? That's legit. <laughs> and he's just telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. Honesty. I love that she argues to get him fired, mm-hmm. and then Perry is like, he's the fastest typist I've ever seen. Because <laughs> they're using typewriters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of following around, like, show me how to be. Well, also, it's Lois Lane. <laughs> She's pretty fascinating. Girl, girl pretty. Follow. <laughs> Swell. <laughs> yeah, I love that Lois is grilling him now. She's not sure he's real. And in a way, he's not, right? He's a person. Right, he's, he's a facsimile of... This is like a reversal of the Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah and Splash. Oh, yeah, right, another great yeah, movie. yeah. yeah. I like that he's being klutzy to further downplay his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I never saw that guy steal the apple before. That's mm-hmm. new. Yeah, Metropolis is a hard place, man. And here's the famous mugging That's right. scene. <laughs> in the middle of the broad daylight. Yeah, yeah. I love that he gets in front of her still, though. Well, sure, but also, like, just run, man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But Superman can't let this guy just go and rob the next guy. He has, oh, I guess if, that's if it's going to happen right, to somebody, fair enough, fair it has to happen to him. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think this is genuine. He's trying to talk him out of it for real. Oh, yeah. He's not being cute. No, like, he spent 20 <laughs> years learning philosophy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give you a chance to be a good guy. Oh, no. Now here's Lois Lane. Don't make it easy on him. Nice. So that's the point where he falls in love, right? Like she's willing to die for what's right. Like you might kill me, but I'm going to kick you in the face for trying to rob me. Wait a minute. He's letting that guy go. Yeah. Well, he's got to act your, like. Your argument of... He can't let this guy rob another person is is faulty. I think that guy's frazzled. I think he tried to, and he shot somebody, and he's going to go go to the bar now. 
<laughs> with with what money that he doesn't have? You know, he'll sell the gun. That's how it is. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's how he. That's how he does. Great. <laughs> it catches a the little. Bullet. I love the little smirk at the camera. Like, yeah, it's so great. They did an homage to that in the Wonder Woman movie recently for Wonder Woman. Where she yes, they the did. Yeah. And they pulled her into an alley and she saved Steve Trevor from a mugger, and then beats up three dudes. It's yeah. good. Okay, so here when Clark mm. says the contents of her of her purse, is he hinting to her that he's different, or is that a genuine mistake? That's a genuine mistake. I yeah. think. Because he doesn't occur to him. People yeah, don't do that. I think yeah. he was frazzled and used his x-ray and then yeah. was like I like, like the idea like deceit doesn't occur to him although frankly mm-hmm. he's lying all the time that's I interesting don't I don't know well he's constantly like I'm not Superman mm, yeah yeah in fact he's a huge con man that's interesting <laughs> but he never tells direct lies I think that's mm-hmm. the idea is that like he's sure yeah and he isn't Superman, right? He's Kal-El. He's a third thing. Mm-hmm. He, he's this, uh, uh, both Clark and Superman are performative. Like, Superman go. is his best self, and Clark is what he thinks he would be if he didn't have powers. So he kind of has low self-esteem, because he thinks that he'd be this like bumbling nerd without powers. Mm-hmm. And that he's actually this third identity. I mean, I don't know. Why do, you, why do you feel he feels that he would be a klutz? I think because he thinks that's what... Uh, I just think that's his self-image. I think he doesn't I, think that he's I disagree yet. with you there because I think he's emphasizing his clutchiness as a way to further divorce people from figuring out that he's Superman because he's clearly grown up around athletes. He knows that regular humans aren't klutzes. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. Typical humans are not typically klutzy. Like certainly, he views himself as without powers, he could be not a klutz. I don't know. I don't know because he grew up bullied. And, and, like, there's a psychological imprint on that, too. I, sure. I think, that he, I think there's a little bit of, like, his... He worries about what kind of man he would be if he didn't have the, the privileges that he has. I think yeah, that there's some concern. Yeah, and like, I get that, there. but I don't... I don't think it would be as bad. I don't think he's acting this way because he believes it would be that bad. I do. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> And I missed this now. Like, so the FBI is going after Lex Luthor, and they're following one of his his bumbling goons. And it was back when Lex was a uh, a super genius criminal, not when he was like a corrupt Donald Trump businessman. Mm-hmm. Which is like that's very timely, and that's very useful to bring those characters down and show that that's not the height of masculinity. This like Superman thing is that's cool. But I I missed this interpretation where he was like the super genius, the anti Batman. When did they shift it over? That was again in the eighties with that thing called Man of Steel by John Byrne, where they made him a. a a businessman and like a kind of like, like a yuppie. Gotcha. And the idea then was that he's he owns this giant company that is polluting and destroying the planet the way that Krypton was destroyed. Ah. So Clark's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm on, uh, the second planet I'm on is going to explode. Am I cursed? I have to stop big business from killing the Earth. Like, Interesting. Oh, but that's that's in this in the Man of Steel. Not yeah. The, okay. That's yeah. the the 80s onward. Interesting. But before he was just a weirdo mad scientist. Yeah. Is yeah. he always bald? Uh, he w- had hair when he was a kid, and then Superboy is the reason he lost his hair, and that's why he hates Superboy <laughs> from the very, very old comics. Back in the day. Yeah. But the, the 80s Man of Steel reboot had him like, he had a full head of hair when Superman arrived, and the stress of not being the best man in the city made him slowly and slowly lose his hair until he was like, ah, oh, now I'm like a bald, crazy, maniacal genius. So, 
I'm sorry for showing my lack of knowledge. I, I'm not familiar with this uh, Man of Steel series, but like, so how? Because Superman is Superman, mm-hmm. right? So how was he like a formidable enemy? To Superman once he wasn't this super genius character. Because he could do evil things and the power of money kept him from being imprisoned by it. He could buy off juries or he could pay people to say that they did the crimes or he could do things that were immoral but legal and Superman couldn't do anything because he obeys the law to the letter. Mm. So he did things that were evil but not punishable by law mm-hmm. and that was an interesting idea yeah i can't hit you and i can't put you in the phantom zone and like what do you do with like we all know that there are like people like in big business that are just terrible like rupert murdoch what do we do about it yeah and like that was this the tension there. it's like diplomatic immunity yeah but that's why batman and superman are such a great team because mm-hmm. batman is like I'll, I'll circumvent the law if i think it's right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's a vigilante. More Superman's like a firefighter. Right. And right. Batman's like a vigilante. But I mean, Batman, his whole point was to be a vigilante. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he decided, mm-hmm. I am going to fucking be a badass mm-hmm. and teach myself a bunch of shit and like have all these weapons and whatever. And now I'm going to go out and like take care of some stuff. Well, because that's why I'm, in, I'm inspired because I don't want this stuff to happen to anybody else's parents. Right. Because think, society failed him. Right. But society hasn't failed Superman. And I think and, Clark believes that Bruce can judge people because he's a person. Mm-hmm. And in a way that Superman cannot, like Bruce Wayne is, it's, it's like letting people handle their own drama, you know. So Gene Hackman wouldn't shave his head for this role. Nice. And uh, so they they style his hair differently in every scene, so it looks like it's a hairpiece. But he didn't oh. shave his head. And then at the end, he has he has a bald cap for like one scene, but he hated it. Interesting. And he had a mustache. He didn't want to shave too. But Richard Donner had a mustache when he met with him, and he was like, "I'll shave mine if you shave yours." And they made a deal. And the minute that they said, he said, "Fine." Richard Donner tore his off, and it was a it was a fake mustache oh that he had the, the makeup girl do. Oh my and god! And he was like, "Oh, I'm glad that we're in agreement." And he was like, "You son of a!" <laughs> wow, way to go, Richard Donner! Wonderful. <laughs> In the background of this layer, you'll see like there's mannequins with wigs on, and they're implying that he, he's bald, even though he's not. Okay. Well, that's a nice way of circumventing that problem, but mm-hmm. that sure feels pretty unprofessional to go out for a role that's like defined by being bald. You're like, oh, no, thanks. I well, Donner to be fair, was... if he shaved his head, he wouldn't work until his hair grew back. So a lot of times they'll, they'll do stuff like that. I think Donner thought it was very Lex Luthor, though, to be that, that egomaniacal. To, to be, be like, that vain. I'm the man for the role, but I don't want to look like that's a Lex Luthor yeah, thing to do. Yeah, that's true. It's very that's funny. very true. Although, interestingly enough, when Gene Hackman turns around, he's got a bald spot. Yeah. You would think if he's wearing a toupee or whatever, it would be full lion head. So in reality, that's, he was just afraid it wasn't going to grow back. Right. right. <laughs> and he has like a little bit of the curl here. That's He's bald, but he's hiding it with a spit curl, which is a funny take. <laughs> so he's the opposite Lex, right? He grew up right? the opposite of Clark Kent. He grew up with a bad dad and turned out bad, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's funny too because we just saw Clark Kent hang out with Lois Lane and with Jimmy Olsen, who are like a better writer and a better photographer than him. And like he hangs out with folks who inspire him and who are like better at their jobs. And Lex purposely hires people who are dumb so he can explain down to them. Mm-hmm. Like if he has all this money, he could hire capable criminals. Mm-hmm. But he has like this dolt in this bimbo, and like 
clearly just to feel it, superior to right? serve mm-hmm. his ego because mm-hmm. his ego above all else yeah The tone of this is so different from like the modern superhero movies. Like it's so bright here, and mm-hmm. there's moments of real danger and death and plants exploding, but then real genuine humor a minute later. Like it's mm-hmm. sort of all over the place. I guess Richard Donner like printed out the word verisimilitude mm-hmm. and had it up in the offices when they were making it. Nice, and that's a word that means like not not like realistic, but real still. Like yeah. there, there's a certain like uh, like a kernel of truth and everything, even though it's fantasy. I love that. Her outfit's very cute. Here oh the God, I was just thinking that. I was like, God, <laughs> I want to. I'm oh yeah, take with that. the with the necktie. Love I it. Dig it. The, but the wide seventies yeah, collar. Yeah, that's oh good my times. gosh. Done and done. <laughs> I like that. Nothing defines Lois Lane but Lois Lane. Like she has that, like the very feminine skirt and then the very like masculine tie, and mm-hmm. she like merges them both perfectly. And sort of her character, she just like she's an individual, not defined by anything. But mm-hmm. what he's like, she wants I'm going to in the ladies' room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a crush. A pet. Because Superman performs the Clark Kent bumbling dork stuff when no one's around still. And that's mm-hmm. why I always think it's a self-image thing. There's a there's a book by Elliot Magan that's a novel about Superman where they say that like all great men have hobbies. Like Harry Truman collected stamps and Superman creates the identity of Clark the Clark Kent is his hobby. Oh. Creating this idea it's like building a model train set. He's building a model mm-hmm. man. And what would that look like? And But I, I also think that, that that does speak to a real human truth because we all have performative personalities yeah. that we go out and are like mm-hmm. I am a different person at work than I am you know on the weekends sure. that I am even with my roommate who sure. sees a different side of me and then you know I don't know uh, I think that that's very that's something everyone can relate to yeah mm-hmm. yeah in my head, whenever he like remembers to call his mom on her birthday, he's like, "That was a Superman move." Whenever he like gets, <laughs> like does his laundry when he's supposed to, like, "That was Superman." And whenever nice. he like drops a cup, he's like, "Oh, Clark Kent again." <laughs> like, I love that it's back when people are still read newspapers. So they have like a helipad, and they're all rich. <laughs> the Daily Planet is like the coolest thing in the city. It's the tallest <laughs> building next to the Lex building. Well, it'd be like CNN. Yeah. Yeah. In the comics around this point, they made Clark uh, work at Galaxy Communications, and it was a TV studio, and he was like the nightly news, like a Ron Burgundy newscaster, and it made no sense, because if he was trying to keep, stay low-key as Clark, why would he be on TV? Why would he day? be a TV personality? <laughs> so him writing makes way more sense. The Daily Planet Chopper. Oh no, the chopper's going down. Whoa, Lois. Again, a cute outfit. Her hat. <laughs> well, she's on her way to interview someone, right? Yeah. Gotta look good. <laughs> I like that they're literally like two feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. 
<laughs> that's like genuinely scary. This helicopter yeah. malfunction is freaky. And everything is so much scarier when it's not just obviously man on a computer. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoy this. Like, I agree with what you said. They are just two feet off the ground. But it feels like the stakes are so much higher oh, yeah. with a real helicopter That's two feet off the ground versus, like, yeah. a computer-generated helicopter flying through the air. Yeah, practical effects, man. It's the way. And it's a real fear, too, because like, well, I'm not and... afraid of doomsdays, but I'm afraid of malfunctioning, like, helicopters and planes and trains. Right. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how she climbs out. Yeah, she's such a cool character. <laughs> Everyone's looking up in the sky, panicked. <laughs> and it's a direct inversion of the up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> the pilot is just passed out. Yeah, yeah. Lois isn't passive, though. She's not like just sitting screaming. She's like trying mm-hmm. to do something, even yeah, if it's the wrong like- thing. What is she doing? Why wouldn't she climb the other way? I don't know. Woman of action. Well, sure, but. There's the firefighters, the real heroes. Hmm. Whoops. Oh, man. And there's Clark. Again, they're playing down the super hearing in this, like you said earlier. Like mm. he, they has to have line of sight to danger, I guess. But later they use it, which is cool. Like Lex Luthor figures out that he has it or whatever. I think it's sort of. Going I into do it. like this. He's looking for a phone booth. Yeah, but there isn't one. It's just a payphone. Like, not not <laughs> enough. Yeah, that was that's a good. And it's funny without making fun of you for liking it, you know? It's, right. Yeah. Where's it going to go? Here it is. I like yeah. in, uh, the in at this time, a full phone booth was like, like you're going to find one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. This is the best. So the random pimp is like, Superman, that's a nice outfit, man. <laughs> uh, one second. <laughs> that's, that's maybe the best response. <laughs> Just want to be rude to the pimp. Uh, Thank you, but hold 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 that thought, sir. <laughs> and here's Superman flying up to save the day in front of cameras and a crowd of people. And to be fair, it looks like he's flying. Good times. Yeah. I've got, yeah, you've got me. Who's got you? Do you guys believe a man can fly, as the poster says? Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, look at this guy. He's flying. So good. Yeah. Nice. One-handed. Superman's got it. I, I guess he was so nervous, Christopher Reeve, about being skinny that he was working out constantly during the set of the film. Like the film. Oh, and, and really? Like, he got so big that there were like matte paintings of Superman they tried to use for special effects, and they had to change them by the end of the film because he like had grown in muscle. Oh wow! Yeah, because like people kept criticizing him for being too tiny, and he's like, oh, I gotta work out. I gotta work oh, out. Oh man! I mean, I think he rocked it. Yeah, and like Super- Superman's magic, like no one's strong enough to lift a helicopter, no matter how big the <laughs> bicep is. Right, so. right. Although I guess in some comics he's drawn as like super muscled, right? Like, w- yeah, like overpowered. Yeah. I love that he pauses to tell her that like it's this <laughs> flying is still the safest way to travel. I hope you're not traumatized by this experience. <laughs> Who are you? 
a friend. That's what Superman is to everybody. He friend zoned himself. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's hilarious. I, that's adorable. Yeah. The wave. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that's such a me thing to do. <laughs> nice. I love there's no precedent for anything he's doing. So I so just yeah, saved like, your life uh, and... uh Maybe I'll see you. Bye. Uh, NBD. Uh, It's not your welcome or anything. See see you soon. I like your shoes. Yeah, like it's just so wholesome. It's this. It's swell. It's it's the same. Like it's got that same feel. He's a friend, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't call himself Superman. He's just Mm -hmm. a friend. And now this is the promise of the movie. We see Superman like taking out crooks and stuff, and it's so fun. I really love how frequently in the 80s you believed that people were scaling buildings. <laughs> With suction cups and some oh, plungers. Just in general. Yeah, like yeah. people were just all the time, but you they, know. But they had the human fly and stuff. They were doing yeah. it. Yeah. It's great. There's a Marvel comic film called The Stilt Man who robs banks on the 35th floor of buildings, which doesn't occur. That's never <laughs> happened. There's never been a bank on the 35th floor of buildings. But I love this, this guy hey. who's been standing, defying physics as the burglar scales the wall. <laughs> Something wrong with the elevator? I love how he just lets him fall for a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going down. <laughs> when this Superman like defeats you as a villain, you just feel embarrassed. You're right. not scared for your life. Or you're just like, I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah. No, yeah, you got you got out like good natured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He just hands him to a cop. I love that right off the bat, Clark is establishing personal relationships with the cops, too. Like, they all know his name. You know, Batman isn't like, that's not the case with Hammer Green Lantern. Like, right. Super- Superman, like, knows, like, when your kid's birthday is. Like, <laughs> how's your wife's gout? Like, you know. <laughs> it's cool, too, because, like, not to get all nerdy the way I do, but that that's, like, what's proven to be actually effective if yeah. you want to solve crime is like you should know the names of those people and like be familiar with the people in your town so that's really cool that he's not this big scary force he's like just looking out for everybody and he only knew small town cops from Smallville right? That's, yeah. what, that's what I was about to say like something that's never struck me before but Batman is urban yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and Superman is rural like yeah, he's, yeah. he is representing rural America yeah 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 in this I, yeah, I just I never put that together before because I was always like, well, Batman is clearly superior. Uh, like he didn't just like you know come from the right place. Like, oh, look at you and your privilege, Superman, just coming born in the right spot. Good for you. But uh, now I'm starting to appreciate this. All right, it is good in our political climate to see everyone's point of view. Yeah, yeah, Superman is what like the ideal left person would be like this like you know New York intellectual using his money for mm-hmm. good and like and Superman's the ideal what a person on the right would be. Where he's just like mm-hmm. very moral and kind of. Just mm-hmm. like self serve, self sacrificing, and mm-hmm. like religious, and this scene's cool. I guess in reality, police actually commandeered this boat that they're using for to film this, and they saved someone who's going to commit who's trying to commit suicide on the bridge. Oh my god! Yeah, the cops actually like used this boat, and they, and they saved the person who's alive still. <laughs> wow! They just used to go talk talk him down from the bridge. This is such a fun take to see, like, how 
the, the word of Superman spread throughout the city. We, mm-hmm. we saw in, in Man of Steel and in Batman v Superman that it's just like, it's the second coming of Christ, but in a bad way where it's the apocalypse and the trumpet sounding and like, everyone's like, the world's ending. And in this movie, it's just like the birth of joy. Mm-hmm. We saw Metropolis as a bad place. People are robbing each other in, in, the, in the bright of day and people are stealing apples and like, it's sort of a negative place to live. And now we're seeing like, oh, well, here's a better idea. Like, here's a better example. Let's like look to the skies and here it goes to save a cat. <laughs> so this cat, after it died, the owner had it stuffed and put it on eBay. Oh my god! And the guy who wrote Superman Red Sun and also Kick Ass, Mark Miller, yeah. bought the cat. Wow! And it currently rests on his piano. Oh my god! And it was his first big Hollywood purchase. <laughs> yeah, buying cool. the dead cat in Superman. <laughs> How much was it? We don't know. He's a gentleman, and he won't tell. Fair enough. But I think there's record online. We can find out probably. Um, that's all right. I love that he saves a cat. It's so adorable. <laughs> and then she smacks the girl I in the love, face. Yeah. Oh, that Mom, was that's, unnecessary that's sound hardcore. effects. Yeah. <laughs> Metropolis is still a hard place to live. <laughs> Those parents, they won't take it. And I love that Clark can't fight. Like, he's not Batman. He, didn't, he never mm-hmm. learned Taekwondo. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like picking up things and like maybe shoving mm-hmm. somebody or like grabbing his, but he he can't fight worth his life and he would never have to mm-hmm. so his montage here is just saving people and we see later when he's exposed to kryptonite he kind of, sort of like tries to slap fight luther he's like i don't know how you do any of this like you hurt my feelings do you not understand to go surround myself with crystals. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're the only things that really understand God. me. They're charged in the moonlight. It's like, oh, they're going to make me feel better. Nice. <laughs> Boom. It's so good. Yeah, it's catching the plane. Does he need the fist to, like, balance <laughs> out? Like, to... Yeah, they had him trained with swimmers, I guess. And, oh. and they were trying to like, replicate like moving through water and moving through air. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was just because, like, what are you going to do? Just have it dangle? It's got to do something. <laughs> don't look down. It's very Looney Tunes. Like, don't look down. Like you said, again, his wave is pretty cute. Nice. Oh, I, I don't it. know what to do here. Yeah, it's very Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being polite. And there's no mass panic. No one's like, "What? why is the Superman here? Everyone's just like, mm-hmm. wow, gee, this is weird and fun. Mm-hmm. That's what it would be like in reality, probably. <gasps> Miss Tessmarker. I love this pool that he's got going on here. Yeah. So this is a flooded uh, subway station that he lives in. Yeah. It's made to look like a mansion. Wow. So he has his own, like, bat cave type subterranean oh, layer. Oh, that's why it says that's two so bar cool. and restaurants. Right. I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. And so he, and he uses, like, these ghost trains to get around the city and stuff. Oh, and there's one oh. for his <laughs> toupee. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I love that. And the toupee rests on an Alexander the Great because he's Lex Alexander Luther. Uh, that's awesome. It's a real model. Mm-hmm. 
And he's such like a narcissist that the idea that Superman has come at this time is like, it's to test me. Superman mm-hmm. is a challenge that God gave me to make sure I'm a great man. And I mean, that sounds like something that we could read as a tweet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so, like, even down to the wonky hair. Like, he's yeah. so Trumpy that it's, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. And down to the bumbling staff, too, yeah. that he has to feel better mm-hmm. than. Like, no, it's n- like not the whole the best thing. People. I'm like, geez. No, okay, I get that now. So timely. That's amazing. And Superman was created, we said in the podcast before, as a counter narrative. It was the word Superman is a, a Nazi thing. It's, right. You know, so it's two Jewish kids from Cleveland made the Superman to show the opposite of that. So this is the opposite of a Trump. It's... I love that he didn't name himself. Too. It's the Blue Bomber, the Cape Wonder. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't be like, "I'm Superman because mm-hmm. I'm better than you." So <laughs> he Lois just said, has to name him. "He's a friend," you know. I'm a friend. Man, Lois's outfits are fucking killer. (laughs) She's so beautiful. Where did where did she get that? Superman slipped her a note card. This is a friend at the end. (laughs) Your place at eight. (laughs) Wink. And it reinforces again the idea that he was never like with a woman in Smallville, and he was like raised by a matrix, and he's like passing her cards and looking at her and like. I mean, that's how I, <laughs> I love that he like doesn't drink. He's, he's like a very like little kid. That's pretty cute. <laughs> oh, the Moses narrative mm-hmm. again. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it want to be Christ because it's two Jewish kids. Right, right, right. So it's Moses. Well, I mean, baby in the basket. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty spot on. I guess there was a there's like a bar been the Formosa or there's like a bar that Chris used to go to when he was filming stuff. Um, and he when he played in cowboy movies, he would go and girls would hit on him all the time. And he was like had a good time. And, he, <laughs> and then he went between takes as Clark Kent to the bar, and all the girls that would hit on him normally didn't. Oh. And he was like, oh my god, it's real. <laughs> that's hysterical. Just because of how he looked. That's, yeah. Wow. He had the, the dorky hair part and the glasses wow. and the suit, and they're like, where's the the swinging cowboy we used to? <laughs> So this is the best part of the movie for me, the the date between him and Lois. For the yeah, I love summer. this uh, date outfit she's got going on. So seventies. Yeah. <laughs> this old thing. And he wore his costume too. <laughs> like left the cape on. Everything. Well, that's how he's identified. You know. It's so good. Oh, he wants to give her the scoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she gets Because she's his favorite. <laughs> and Clark could have gotten it, right? <laughs> let, right? Let me light a cigarette so we can get started. Yeah. I like this where he's like... He looks at her lungs. Yeah. Not yet. And I, I love that that makes her quit smoking. Aha. <laughs> 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 Marlboro actually gave uh, Superman the franchise $43,000 for smoking placements. 
uh, oh, for sure. brand placement. And, yeah. and the second one, you see it a lot more than the first one. And it actually, it became a government investigation. And they stopped putting smoking uh, in kids' programming. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. But, yeah, Lois was like a chain smoker and stuff. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Marlboro oh, yeah. right on the table. $43,000 they <laughs> made. I that. guess is uh, that was a good chunk back then. Yeah, special effects were hard to pay for. Over 21. <laughs> He's 30, officially, in the timeline. Oh, okay. 6'4". <laughs> I, I don't get it. What's that about? Yeah, He's yeah. muscular and beefy. Sure, but like... Do you oh have a human God. penis? <laughs> I love these questions. <laughs> I hope we're just listening to this because it's a great movie. The uh, the wish fulfillment here of him like being able to meet her is really great because as Clark she just looks right through him and now she's enamored with him and that's really adorable. It's his first week when this is like the yeah, like, thing. Why would in the Bible. he want that to be public knowledge? I guess he doesn't think that it's a problem. He's trying to tell her that he can't see her panties because mm-hmm. it's the lead wall. It's so funny. So his modesty is what reveals his first weakness to the world. And so Luther, wait. Luther will exploit it later. Okay. It's fun to see her frazzled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So put together earlier. Well, she's in control, but now she's not mm-hmm. in control. And see, I think this is the problem with that Amy Adams character, mm-hmm. is that, like, she was this the whole movie. Mm. This frazzled Like, thing. this is cool, because we've seen her as being, like, bold and brave, and she kicks a robber in the gun, and, like, mm-hmm. so then when she's frazzled, we're like, oh my goodness, like, Lois showing weakness? Yeah, Whereas yeah. that other movie was just, like, she was this, that, her whole character was, like, She was a, da- a damsel. Yeah. I got you. That's such a great joke. She's like, do you like pink? I like pink very much. <laughs> like, everyone remembers that. Truth, the, American justice, the American way. way. So good. Didn't you say later they changed it? Terran way? Yeah, yeah. Good. Just for one comic, a Stanley trying to change it. I like her comment where, like, you're going to be fighting every elected official we have. Yeah. <laughs> American way. It's very powerful. And that's important to me, too, that he doesn't time himself. He doesn't know how fast yeah. he is. He doesn't know how strong he is because he's not trying to showboat. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, there to help. So it would never occur to him to, like, be like, this is what, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing.
And she's been fearless so far, and now he asks her to fly, and she's nervous. Well, I mean, wouldn't you? You're, he's nah, like, let's, be fine. let's go jump off the balcony. <laughs> and the helicopter crash just happened yesterday. Right, right. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it now. And he's like, I hope that hasn't put you off flying. Yep, ah, yep, see it. Good so, writing. A little so call good. back there. Yeah. <laughs> like Peter Pan. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Clark Kent, he's nothing. Aww. If only she saw you guys. Oh, fairy tale. He knows what's up. Peter Pan's for children, a fairy tale. This is reality. It's a movie. <laughs> so meta. Off. I love her cape. <laughs> <laughs> so she's dressed that way. So Lois Lane reads a poem here as they're flying, which is, and it's a really weird uh and like I guess initially it was a song, but she can't sing. Oh, so there's like a little song where Lois, but like that would be off-putting too because it's a musical for no reason. She's like singing about having found a man for the first time, so instead it's a poem. It can't be for the first time. Lois Lane must have had not a real man. Oh, not a not I mean, a Superman. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I like that whoever wrote it was like she can't sing it. No. Those words are gold. <laughs> <laughs> she will say them then. That is going just, that is, just read we, them. We do not need to edit that out for better story clarity at the beginning. No. I freaked out at this because there is a Statue of Liberty, and I'm like, it's Metropolis, not New York. Metropolis is in Kansas. So what are you doing? And like, there's the ocean and stuff too. So mm-hmm. clearly, it's just it's fun for the immigrant experience for it to be in New York, mm-hmm. but. Well, maybe he maybe he flew so far. Uh, he flew her all the way to New York, and then they'll come back. There we go. There we go. She's like, I love this. They established later in a book called uh, Miracle Monday, like a Superman novel, that Lois Lane writes poetry, like based on this story. <laughs> she's just embarrassed by it, and she keeps it in a in a box under her desk that's lined with tin foil, so Clark can't see it and read it. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like low key a poet and and uh, being a reporter is her day job in her head. But at this at that point she knows that Clark Kent's Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They've been courting for a while. This is so cool. Yeah. You mentioned Splash earlier. This reminds me of Splash for sure. Shown her how to fly. This is always weird. Even as a kid, I was like, "But she would fall. Like her arm can't be that straight. It would. She would fall." But I guess maybe they're on some sort of up current. Yeah, yeah. Superman's got to figure it out. I think he knows. <laughs> Science. In the '90s comics, there was an idea that he had a protective aura around himself. Right. So he, okay. That's why his costume wouldn't get hurt if he got shot by bullets and right, stuff. Right. He could fair. extend it to people that he was touching. That's dumb, though. Well, like, now she's like, whoops. It's very low. She tries to, she's like, okay, I'll try myself now. Like, forgetting that mm-hmm. she can't fly. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Wait a minute, Clark. You <laughs> I love your his girlfriend. pauses where he's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so was that like when you take a girl to a scary movie to put your arm around her? <laughs> there you go. Did he yeah, drop so her on I was purpose? about to say, a smooth move. <laughs> he's just working the dentist method on her. <laughs> the dentist method? It's always sunny. Here's the poem. <laughs> Can... 
Little Titanic action. Yeah. It's so bad. It's the front of the stuff. And if her mouth isn't even moving, why didn't they just bring somebody in who could sing? It's just in her head. It's important. It's, you know, it's her. Yeah, because it started out with, can you read my mind? Yeah, because right. she's no powers yeah. are. All right. It's very Disney right now. It's like the Aladdin mm-hmm. movie. Hmm? It's like Aladdin right now. Oh, yeah. Singing. Very, very Aladdin. <laughs> So you could see where it's it's given all its influences mm-hmm. to all the across all these different films. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned Peter Pan earlier this too. This is also mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, the seventies is like right at the end of the the sexual revolution a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lois has been a little forward, but this poem particularly feels <laughs> like like she is just really like yeah like. Wow, not only did you swipe right, but now you're just like you're I I don't know. She's she's sexted up a storm. <laughs> she's she's down. I like that they're both performing though cuz like the lowest identity at work like you were saying is, is sort of like harsh and hard and tough and she's like the soft person inside where she's like I love you already after mm-hmm. like first sight and well, she'd never admit that as as like a I mean, sophisticated city woman. He's the superman. I mean, he he's a supermodel. He's super strong. Like you know, he's got it all going on. So we know your type, Mason. He's the mystery man. Yeah, well, like a lot of women fall in love, not fall in love, but like have this like uh, crush moment mm. on the doctor that'll deliver right. the baby. Oh yeah, and, right. And, like, that's like really normal if you're in a trauma to like the person that rescues you. So like just the mere fact that he pulls her out of the helicopter sure. and then immediately right. is like, and tomorrow. At eight at your place. Sure, yeah, sure. good, good I point. Mean, I like that point. he doesn't take advantage of it though. That's why he has the Clark mm-hmm. identity because he wants her to like fall for Clark and not Superman. Yeah, because he's like, I've got you like half of me, but I need you to like this Kansas version too. That's always my problem. Yeah, people <laughs> fall in love with the Superman part all the time, but then I'm like, so what about the real me, Clark, and they're like, oh, peace. <laughs> uh, no. like, Domestic no. tomboy. Wah, wah, wah. So good. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Superman so she names him which is very important nice (laughs) what is he doing here And everyone remember that like Clark set a date with her so she she bounced out on Clark for Superman he gave her the option and she chose Superman so like oh okay They did? Oh, right. Yeah, so he let her choose and she chose Superman, so it's bittersweet. (laughs) Oh, so she's still willing to go out with him. Yeah, yeah, she likes him still. And he, like, contemplates revealing himself to her. Right, I like this part. But it would be the the easy route, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I missed the part where he made it clear that it was from him. The Superman voice. Can't do it. So is that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? What do you what do you people think on the panel here? Like should he have told her that he's Superman or Nah, it's too soon. Yeah. That's, That's what I was gonna say too. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean 
the note he gives her, I thought he was trying to say Superman wants to hang out with mm-hmm. you. Right, right. He signed it a friend. He didn't sign it Clark. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that was a Superman thing. But like later on, there was another thing too where he like told her like, "I'll see you later." Oh, oh. But okay. he set it up so that she had to choose. Yeah, something. he set up a date for both. Hmm. I gotcha. And then her headline: "I spent the night with Superman." That's very funny. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, and tells the truth. I wrote that down as a kid. <laughs> I want to try to do these. Sounds like a good idea. You got three. You got three <laughs> out of four. You're pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Right? Girls like this. So. I talked over oh, that's my favorite Lex Luthor line where he says like some people read War and Peace and think it's a simple adventure novel. Others read the back of a chewing gum wrapper and this divine the secrets of the universe. Like. I like that. It's about the comics, too. Like, you can read it and think it's just a dumb thing, but mm-hmm. you can also, like, reverse engineer your entire life off of it. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> it's hard to believe this hair isn't fake. Yeah. Right. The white streak in it now. Like they do this in the Sherlock show too, where he's just so smart that he's he's saying it confidently, so it must be logical. Like, well, kryptonite will kill him, and there's no reason to believe that or to think that's yeah. true. But he's like, this is the scene where he discovers kryptonite. I mean. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it is reasonable. Space, space is pretty big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always felt bad that he ripped the page out of the book. I was oh, like, yeah. what a rip. That's the true evil of this movie. <laughs> Only Lex Luthor would have faced a book. <laughs> That's a pretty dark line. I know I'm yeah. not wrapped in the mouth for this. Like, it's an abusive relationship. Domestic violence was so real back in the 50s Let's and 60s and 70s. Commonplace. Mm-hmm. It was commonplace. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, like, that was just... And, like, accepted. And... Yeah. Yeah, it was thought, especially to be portrayed in the media. I remember uh, listening to Dragnet, the 1950s radio show Dragnet. Yeah. And they would roll up on apartments, and the husband would be beating his wife... And they'd be like, hey, cut it out. We have this other crime we want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they left. This is a good... In the Superman comics, the first two bad guys he fights are a guy who's charging too much for rent and then a guy who's beating his wife. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And, and like living in LA, that's very special. Yeah. He was around here. <laughs> rent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, Lois Lane revealing his weakness has maybe killed Superman. Women. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's very brave that Superman was so honest because of his own naivete. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't occur to anyone that you'd want to kill Superman. Yeah, like, like why would you want to? Why kids. would you want to? I'm only trying to help everything. Like, why would you want me to stop? I just said I'm a friend. Right. And I love that it's our world. 
like the new DC Comics movies where it's this alternate universe of DC Comics where there's like been Doomsdays and Batman mm. and Wonder Woman's like it doesn't feel like reality like having Superman mm-hmm. by himself it's like it's very I don't know it feels more uh, impactful because mm-hmm. like, they were living in a world just like ours and then this just happened so it's like we could still be waiting for that right now yeah like it could happen tomorrow yeah yeah mm. And when danger happens, you're not waiting like, well, maybe like the Martian Manhunter could swoop in. Like it's, it's just, it's all up to Superman. Right. There is no Justice League or anything. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's also showing a little bit of his um, kind of like it's his naive Midwestern charm that like I just I just he's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. wants people right. to like him. Right. And like the very first thing we saw when he was in high school was him like trying to impress the girl cheerleader like here let me pick up your pom-poms yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh I will I'll like you know show off a little bit for you and I don't know I feel like that's he's just doing the same thing now but like on a global scale yeah. mm. that's really smart yeah and his dad has beaten into his head that like he exists to serve others not that he exists to uh, pursue happiness for himself and mm-hmm. to, like just be his own man but he is a tool to help the world. So he's yeah. constantly... That's why I feel like the fortress is it's where heavy. he's like... He puts his hair down. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. God, I can breathe. Like, I'm not being Clark or Superman. I can just like... Where's my dog I can pet for like an hour? <laughs> right. The idea of fun bad guys is like very, mm-hmm. uh, that, that time has passed in cinema, I think, too, right? Like, I think like kind of bumbling, cutesy bad guys. Yeah. Well, it's because we've realized the true evil that is in within us all. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, back in the day, like, because I was like, there's a very like Dukes of Hazardy element sure. to bad guys mm-hmm. where it's like that, again, same era of, uh, I don't know. But I think it also speaks to when you have an entirely white cast <laughs> and your white villains are just going to be either poor or bumbling or mm. like, you know, how else do we distinguish them? But now we can just make them a different color. Oh, you mean like like generic terrorist characters? Like yeah, bad exactly. Mm. Huh, um, that's interesting. So I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I would wager that there's a little bit of, of that going on. Sure, uh, sure. They're for sure in the 90s was like a lot of like they're just generic ter- they're like foreign mm-hmm. like this is diehard and they're just a foreign guy or they're well yeah Russian. for a while it was you know, all the Russians yeah, yeah. Um, you know just out of the Cold War but again you, you used to see uh, even Eastern Europeans like played a little bit darker uh, in skin tone and stuff sure. like they weren't like straight up like the white people you know mm-hmm. they especially think of, like diehard but yeah that's gonna be my theory for like why you have these kind of like I don't know. It's like a Rocky and Bullwinkle mm-hmm. type villainy. I think this movie, everybody who's in it is like a movie star too. Or So like they're trying to find spaces for people to be everything. So Lex can be really evil and then he can be really funny. And he's, Lex is actually playing characters in the scene. So yeah. like they want to show like, it's Gene Hackman, you guys. Look at the acting on this mm-hmm. actor. <laughs> Jablonski, what are you doing? Well... Jablonski, give that job to a Polak, see what's going to happen. Whoa, racism. I know. know. I'm telling you, this is the racism that we're watching, Eric. You invited me to watch this. You mentioned Dukes (laughs) of Hazzard. Did uh, did you ever watch Smallville? 
No, I haven't. One of the Dukes is his dad on that. Oh, the, really? the blonde one plays uh, Jonathan Kent. Oh, no way. Yeah. And he's like six-pack paw. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it's really funny. <laughs> well, that guy always, you know, he always looked great. He was a heartthrob, right? Mm-hmm. I had dinner with that guy at a Comic-Con one time, and I was like, you were like my dad. And he was like, I'm trying to bang the 16-year-old. Stop talking to what? me. What? <laughs> at, at your dinner? It was like a, it was a Comic-Con guest dinner. And he oh. was like, listen, I'm, you're making me sound old, is what he said. It was really right. funny. P.S. <laughs> there's a 16-year-old next to you. I have to say that to people every now and again. It's like, he's... I'm young. I'm young. Keep that a little on the DL here. We don't have to emphasize it every couple minutes. It was like him and me and then a bunch of cosplayers. Oh. It's like, you're the least interesting person at this table right now. Right. That's really funny. He was like, listen, there's a <laughs> cosplayer next to you. I'm glad you like Smallville, you nerd. Stop crying. <laughs> Finish your mashed potatoes. I love Jimmy Olsen. He's not really in this much, but he, the way that they show like his camera, like his point of view through his camera mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah, it's a cool... I like that idea that uh, the natives are screwing Lex on a land deal. It's pretty <laughs> There's been a bunch of like aborted Superman films they've tried to make and, and fallen off before the current incarnation. And like for one of them, uh, Justin Timberlake was going to play Jimmy Olsen. Nice. And like really cool. Chris I bet he Rock for a minute it. was going to be Jimmy Olsen. Huh. And they're talking about how like the the, the Jimmy Olsen trademark bow tie was going to be that he was like part of the Nation of Islam, <laughs> which is really funny. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> that is funny. Like yeah. Did you even know the current Jen- Jimmy Olsen is like Jenny Olsen? They never mention it. It's only in, if you buy the training cards for the new movies can you see. But they never say her name on screen. But oh. for Man of Steel and for Bat- Batman v Superman, Jimmy Olsen appears in Batman v Superman and dies like within <laughs> two seconds. They shoot him in the face. Right. And, that's uh, the, right. The girl working at the planet who's like Lois's understudy is Jenny Olsen, who's uh. his little sister. And they've never mentioned anything but just like products. I wonder why. Yeah. That seems like something you'd want to market. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. But I don't know if they like are going to pull the trigger and have that be the case. Like if they just because they wrote it out so far. Yeah. Gotcha. It's so weird now that you mentioned that thing that that what is there Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. that actress that you said about how like oh right, <laughs> but that like they're like we're gonna have a girl Jim- Jimmy Olsen so let's shoot Jimmy Olsen in the face and put a girl in there like <laughs> yeah. this concept that if you like want to involve girls or you know people of color you have to like kill somebody off and replace them like that's interesting that that's yeah. what happened so to that character too interesting to me he's never mentioned that he has super hearing but i guess well lex already like discovered that i think maybe he told lois did he nah, maybe the... i don't remember it coming up in the movie well, yet. if lex could figure out that he has an allergic reaction yeah. to kryptonite they can figure this out too. sure but yeah like kenzie was saying like uh there's this idea now that in order to have a minority character you have to kill off a white character and replace them directly mm. so it teaches a nation of, of kids and like a generation of kids that like diversity is death and that we're competing over these same spaces when the truth is that there's space for everybody you can like have a gay character or a mexican character or an arabic character like in the daily planet and they don't have to replace anybody's job right I love that he can't find a place to change, so he's like, I'm going to jump out a window. Yeah, yeah. And no one's going to notice. Is it just because he's Clark? No one notices. They mentioned, when he was moving through the building, everyone was frozen, 
Oh, right. And that means super speed. Oh. Oh. Right? It's just a very low rent. He's moving so fast. I missed that. There's no matrix bullet time technology. Right. Mm -hmm. Superman. It kind of makes you wonder. There have been several things in this movie that, like, you've pointed out because you've seen it a million times and, Mm -hmm. like, pondered it a lot. But... It kind of makes me think that maybe older movies required more thought on our part. That, like, kind of like with reading a comic or reading a book, that you have to like infer things like that on your own. Mm-hmm. Just seems like there've been a couple things like that's kind of cool that movies maybe took a little bit more work and imagination. Yeah, yeah. They engage their audience more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hooks mentioned that like exposition is more of a thing now. Right. Than yeah. Exactly. I love that he was called to by Lex, and it's, it's the summons. It's very like gladiatorial. <laughs> Because usually he just saves people that are in, so now he's like mm-hmm. being summoned. It's uncomfortable. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Yeah, t- Superman actually using himself to tunnel down. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And him just walking in and knocking this this door down uh, it wasn't what they actually shot. There's a whole, like, he had to walk through this whole maze that Luther had constructed to test his powers, in the hmm. initial, but it was deemed too scary. There were like flamethrowers he had to walk through, and like machine guns and hmm. like knives. Yeah, I remember that. Out. I remember he was like encased in ice, mm-hmm. and then like uh, flamethrowers and and machine guns and stuff. It's an awesome like sequence. They tried to show how strong he is without having him in a fight, which is very wait. Cool. I remember that scene though. So that's not in here. That's the other cut. Yeah. Maybe I've seen a little bit of the other cut. That's the, the Donner oh. cut. I think on well, the on the ABC uh, channel, that's they aired that version. And maybe we that's kids. where I saw it. Mm-hmm. So here's Lex and Clark meeting for the first time. I love the Superman gets angry too when he's talking to Lex. He's he's not just like a passive like I can handle this. He's mad that mm-hmm. someone can get delight in hurting others. Doesn't make any sense to him. And the idea that Lex is using our own uh, negativity against us, like Lex is hijacking these missiles that we've created to hurt us. And if we didn't have those in the first place, Lex couldn't damage us. We were talking about like Trump parallels earlier, and it's funny that he's like a businessman who's really into acquiring land and buildings. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a real estate scam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very commonplace. I love that he's this like super criminal on the lamb and everyone knows his name and he's like the FBI is after him but he has a, a company called Lex Luthor International that can still make deals <laughs> <laughs> it's very relevant Minister has his name yeah 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 it's very relevant <laughs> oh, we need a Superman you guys 
Grant Morrison, the Superman author, has a really beautiful quote where, like, before we had the bomb, we had the idea of a bomb. Sure. And before we have Superman, we have the idea of Superman. So we have Lex Luthor. It's time to create Superman. And Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Otisburg. His black eyes are dark. I didn't notice that when I was a kid, but like the villain, his henchmen get steadily more effed up throughout the course of the movie mm-hmm. because he's like beating them in between the scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh. They have like black eyes and broken lips. Right. They get wrapped in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Horrible. Mm. <laughs> oh, so cool. He's going to blow up California. You guys, we're in California. We're all, we're all going to fall into the sea. No. I love how Lois has been driving all this time. Yeah, she drove from Metropolis, which is New York, to L.A. in about 20 minutes. Yeah, that's how it is. And Jimmy's there already taking photographs. I think in my head I had conflated him with Peter Parker when I was a kid. Sure. It drives me crazy that they're so similar. As a kid, I, I was a hardcore DC guy, and I was like, there are no red and blue spiders. He works at a newspaper. Like, he, he's just a copy. It's like if I copied your homework and changed just enough, the teacher wouldn't get mad. <laughs> it's not working. Oh, no. Yeah, it's funny. Jimmy Olsen is like a good friend of Clark in the comics and stuff. And in this, he's just sort of like in the background. He has a camera, so we know that he's Jimmy, but not, not a big role yet. Clark's Fortress compared to Lex Luthor's uh, like hall of evil or whatever is so funny it's, it's very cluttered and full of gold here and like he's trying to prove something again very timely like golden doorknobs <laughs> and then like Superman's fortress is just like bare bones minimalist just these crystals and a picture of his dad and you can even go further and say like uh, Luthor's is literally in the sewer <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's literally like a sewer king <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, versus like Superman found the most pure natural spot on earth you know i don't know and he built like um with the glaciers and stuff it it incorporates Mm -hmm. nature it's not like a giant like here's my a giant l in the skyline Mm -hmm. you're diseased maniac i love his costume do you guys have a problem with like the red chonies or anything no i've i've always loved it in fact when i went to warner brothers on the studio tour I saw the original cape, and I was yeah. like, oh, man, this is dope. It's like the Shroud of Turin. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I was actually really surprised at how um, homespun the whole thing was. Yeah, it looks like his mom sewed it. It's yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's, but it, but it, and on the screen, it looks amazing. There's but it literally nice. looks like a mom-sewed Halloween costume. It, I mean, well, well-sewed, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's but some on, turquoise variants because when they shot in front of blue screen, it oh blue right, so there's for like sure. there's turquoise ones that it's like disco Superman. <laughs> the acting here is great. I mean, he exposes him to kryptonite. And yeah. Clark feels pain for the first time in his entire life. That's so interesting to me. He's like, "What is this?" They have that line in Batman v Superman where it's like, "You're not brave. Men are brave," and like this shows that Superman's brave too. Like he's going through intense pain and hardship, and through the scene, it'll like fight against it. That's interesting. I always thought it was interesting that he throws him in the 
in the water mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, can Superman drown? Like, what's mm-hmm. up? That's a great line. <laughs> we all have our little faults. Mine's in California. Yeah. That's seriously, I'm stealing that. I had no idea that that's like. Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah, this is this is really well written. Yeah, yeah it's been around for a reason. Oh no. Oh no, that's great. My mother lives in Hackensack. But I like that. I like anymore. that he doesn't care, mm-hmm. and so that's what has her betray him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenzie. This little thing feels so inspired um, since we just watched The Incredibles. Yeah. And that look back of hesitation of her is like, feels like so where the the lady henchman Mm -hmm. in uh, Incredibles came from. Yeah, direct homage. I'm Uh, telling you, this, it influenced a lot of people. Like when they're reading the paper earlier too, she commented on like, he doesn't lie, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he sounds like a swell guy. And now she's met him and she's like, oh, oh, this is what a man is. Mm -hmm. Like, not this guy. Yeah. She's sort of like hanging around and watching him. Well, she's also debating letting him go to save her mom. Yeah. From a nerd level, Superman, you're talking about Superman not being able to swim. He, wouldn't he just propel himself with the same force that he flies with underwater? Oh, yeah. So if he has kryptonite, then he can't do that. So he cannot swim. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not Aquaman. Well, I just thought it was like, it, it makes him so weak. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever gone swimming when you're tired, mm-hmm. but when you all of a sudden like realize you, you don't have enough strength to push against the water, yeah, it's really freaky. Mm-hmm. Panicky. It still makes me really uncomfortable seeing him vulnerable. Like, right, since he's sure. Been, like, doused in water and gasping for air. Like, it makes me feel, like, nervous. You're like... I like that, that she's like, you have to save my mom. That's the only mm-hmm. way I'll... And then he's like, but all these other people. And she's like, this is the rule. And because of that, you know, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And I like he's that she bound. takes her shoes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're coochie, you know. Well, it's, I mean, true. They were some strappy sandals, but... Yeah. All of her choices are pretty adorable. Yeah, really. <laughs> I also like that for this um, change of heart scene, she is wearing her most modest uh, Mm -hmm. outfit, and it's white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love this, though. She's like, before I do this, let me get a little of this. Yeah. Very (laughs) creepy. (laughs) She's like, you know, I gotta know. Yeah. Yeah, The women are all a little, like, forward to the point of like, wow, if men had been doing this, I'd be saying some very specific things. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he asked her, like before going off to save the day, he's like, um. (laughs) (laughs) Again. So classic. Adorable, but also rapey. Mm -hmm. Very rapey. And so in the Universalist movie, was that his first guess? We didn't Uh, didn't kiss Lois yet? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And he didn't kiss Lana. And he was just in like the Ford. So the first kiss was an evil lady. (laughs) But he, he's like, why do you do it? And he reacts like a little boy. But he like, dug it. He, yeah. He's down. <laughs> he's like, let me touch your chin. I, yeah. I get it. He has that Smallville reaction to it. Right. I, are we married now? He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Do you, have, do you want to meet so, my mom? Uh, yeah. Take you home. Do I need to call you later? <laughs> like, I love that. Are we married now? <laughs> I hope she's not pregnant. <laughs> 
pour gas mileage in those cars. It's true to Lois that she wouldn't check, though, too. Right. Just, like, hop in and go maximum. Yeah. Look at that old tech. Looks so good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gee, so many, So many blinking lights. <laughs> I like that he has to chase it too. He's not like a overpowered Superman. Like this is a, this is the weirdest thing he's ever had to do in his entire life. He's chasing mm-hmm. a missile. This isn't saving a cat from a tree. This right. Is some intense stuff. And also, he's never pushed himself before, so he's not sure how fast he can go. And yeah. He's recovering from kryptonite. You got it. Yeah, it's a struggle. It makes it reminds me of like the Fleischer cartoons where there was like weight to the character, and he's like really trying mm-hmm. his hardest. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about how accurate this is a depiction of a missile? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I feel like today we they with all of the uh, super CGI effects and everything, we're not seeing what missiles look like in like in a time frame that's like real missiles. Oh sure, sure. And this is much more realistic. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's like kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah, no, everything but Superman feels like reality, and yeah. that's why it's so powerful because it's like just hyper like, real. Oh god, like mm-hmm. it's magic, magic mm-hmm. in the real world for the time mm-hmm. at least. It's like whoa, that's um, yeah. Oh my god, so she, oh, so she made good. it. <laughs> gotta get. Gotta I get. like that. So the one not John Williams song on the soundtrack is <laughs> give a little bit. <laughs> 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 I think it's that and there's a Bill Haley and his comet song at small. Oh small yeah, though. yeah. At the very beginning, when they're like, uh, "How'd you get here so fast?" Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, "Oh, that sets the tone." Is like you're growing up in the fifties. And... They're bad kids who listen to rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> the but fault. that's that's who Lana hangs with. Yeah. Oh, man, bad crowd. I know. Oh man, it's falling down. Those Michael Bay explosions. <laughs> I did grow up believing that anything flammable right. would just mega explode if <laughs> it the, ever. At the drop of a hat. Yeah, just like any time. I feel like Zack Snyder watched this movie and fell asleep, and then when that explosion happened, he woke up. And he's like, oh, a movie. There's a movie happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, there's a car that's crashing and an explosion, and he's in the middle of the earth. And All right. <laughs> now I'm in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because here's the school bus. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that we see from the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, yeah. I love that he's swimming through lava. It's so cool. Save that goat, Superman. This train sequence, I think, like directly inspired the super- uh, Spider-Man 2. Mm. When it's like saving the train. I can see that, people. yeah. Do you have a lifelong fear of, of bridges, of like traffic bridge accident sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's spooky. So is he shortcutting through the earth? Yeah, he's putting the fault back. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that's so cool. I see. And it's much more fun than him like fist fighting a guy. Yeah, he's like he fixing was trying. The okay, because the San Andreas, this was gonna. <gasps> I see now. Okay. Yeah. It's a, 
It took me a couple of views to figure it out, too. No, it, right. it wasn't I was exactly. like, so is he just like, why is he in the magma? But I get it. Okay, he's like literally... Fusing the faults back together. Oh, so now everything else after so this adorable. is the shock waves of the earthquake. But now he's fixed Andrea's fault forever. It's no longer a problem. And now he can address these smaller problems. Like, it sure is, buddy. It is Superman. <laughs> and it's such great filmmaking. They just like they play it in reverse then to show him fixing it. <laughs> like it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> this scene of Clark like. Laying down on the on the railroad is really cool. Oh yeah, where as a he's kid, like, was, "I'll be the second rail for you." Yeah, it's so painful. Do it, Clark. Oh man, brace for it. Ah, oh, he did it. What a mensch. <laughs> I like how he remembers to put his head down. An uber mensch. That's good. He doesn't want to mess his hair up. Yeah, you can't mess his hair up, right? It's like, I love this miniature. It's so mm-hmm. good. Jimmy Olsen getting photos. I, I know. I also really appreciate that commitment. <laughs> He's like, like, my job but first. But my first thing I need to do is really get some pics. I like that a lot. He's like, I could get a promotion if I got this pic. It was part of the American way back then, right? They were like so into the fourth estate, and they were like, this is a sacred duty to document the news. Mm-hmm. And mm. there's a... In the New Frontier uh, cartoon we were watching, Jimmy Olsen like snaps photos as he's being eaten by a T-Rex, mm-hmm. like getting photos of the mouth. <laughs> have had a renewed appreciation of the fourth estate lately yeah uh when they uh that guy that has been writing about the r kelly sex cult story mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. got picked up by buzzfeed um they one of the questions uh they, they had a, another interview with him like a straight up just interview with him like hey how have you dealt with this for like 20 years yeah. and his thing was uh Oh, I just kept following the story. Like I'm a reporter, so yeah, like I, I just. I, they're like, well, why haven't you like you know moved on, or how do you keep you know? He's like, the story's not over. I don't understand what you're not understanding here. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, whoa, like that's dedication. Yeah, I love that. And again, being like timely, like this is the how to get out of the problem we're right now as a nation. Like just yeah. following Superman, like being really into like the media and truth so, and justice in the actual American. So way. what you're saying is to. Um, to basically solve the Trump issue that we have is we just need to fill the San Andreas fault. Yes, yes, with our bare hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the takeaway that I'm getting from this. Right. It wouldn't hurt, frankly. Okay. It wouldn't hurt. But I thought she just got gas. <laughs> well, no, no they didn't she have was any a, gas she was about oh, okay, to, okay. but then it started shaking, gotcha. and she's like, "I'm getting out of here." Okay. Exploded. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. That is some great effects. Yeah, it's scary. This oh, this really freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, because I was like, "Man, to be suffocated is rough." Yeah, and like so. We know going in, we know Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, and, like, no one's going to get hurt, right? Right. And Lois Lane, she's dead. She's, like, she's on, like that's real danger. That's real. And, like... This is what got me was, like, the idea the idea that she, she's, she is able to move and be free, but it keeps coming. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, I can't mm-hmm. escape. 
And the idea that Superman isn't God, he can't be everywhere at once, but he's right. trying his best. That's, like, his, that's his one limitation, right? Like, that he can't be in two places at once. Yeah. And he tries to address, like, the biggest problems first, mm-hmm. you know, like, the fault and then now, like, this. And It's a triage system. Mm-hmm. But that's also why he had to spend 20 years, you know, thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm getting it. I'm I'm on board now. Like, all right. Yeah. I don't think I ever really understood the length of time he spent at the Fortress of Solitude preparing to then go save the world. That's a... Uh, that's intense. I like it a lot. There's even in the Man of Steel movie, um, they do a thing where he like travels the globe. And instead of going to the fortress, he like goes and he meets everybody, and he like hangs out with tribes in Africa and New Guinea, and like he's gone, he's been to every country, and like so he knows what Earth is because he's met all of us, and he can speak every language, and like that is even cooler to me, you know, yeah. like finding out what you're fighting for. This is really genuinely scary for Lois. Mm-hmm. Like, And she's not, like, in danger because of a silly thing that she put herself in harm's way. She was going to save the day, and she intercepted this by nature. Like, that's interesting, mm-hmm. too. You did it, Superman. Change the course of many rivers. <laughs> the cartoon said. Uh-oh. All that, and you missed one. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And, like, the emotion on his face, the anger. Like, he, he doesn't allow himself to be emotional when he's saving things. It's just the problem one, two, three. And then now when, now when he takes a minute, he's like, oh, my God. Well, I like the idea that, I mean, that they basically bring up and play with here is that I'm supposed to be all-powerful, but there are people I can't save. Mm-hmm. And how frustrating is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think even applied to Lex Luthor, like, how can I, how, why can't I redeem you? Like, you're the right. smartest person mm-hmm. in the world. Can you please just cure AIDS? Like, why do you keep trying to, like, make death robots? Right, like, right. So tough. But I think also, in addition to just providing some humanity, it really helps us understand how Superman continues to struggle with insecurity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, how do you, how are you the most powerful being in the on the planet and then, you know are a convincing Clark Kent. Well, because that's really coming from somewhere. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that that would be really driven by, but I, I you know, what if I can't get to everybody? What if I can't, I, I, oh, oh boy, do I like the idea of an anxious Superman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Too late. And like, Sir Lois is dead. And like watching this, it's, oh my God, like you never saw this coming. Right, it's insanity. Right. Like, you're supposed to save everyone. And then you're like, no, she's just sleeping. No, no, she's dead. And this guy's so alone. His planet died. Uh, his parents are dead now. Like, Wow, look at that makeup. Person. Good job. Is she really dead? Yeah, yeah Lois she's dead. is dead. And it's reacting in his face. Oh, my God. Like, what am I fighting for? Kenzie, any thoughts on this? I'm just so caught up in it. I saw t- your eyes getting glassy, which is why I was. <laughs> it's not fair. And pulling the little rapey trick you learned. Good job. 
Yeah, there's only kiss with Lois is after she's passed. That's an infinitely sad. I like that little moment where he, she kind of slips a little, and he's like, "Nope." It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A quiet moment. He saved the day, but at what cost? Or rather, like, what can he do now? Or what can't he do now? Mm-hmm. And the sun setting, like, it's just beautiful filmmaking. This is where it goes a little off the rails. I love the raw emotion of that. Though. No, Everybody I mean, I, I love that, that but this, this yeah. solution, it's just kind of like... Mm-hmm. Does this mean that Jor-El has been monitoring him from like... We're hearing Clark's internal monologue mm-hmm. where he's like, all these powers, and I couldn't even save her. And then his, right. his various fathers talking to him and mm-hmm. his yeah. role models, and he's and Clark this is, refuses. So, for those who don't yes. know, all right, there's, a, this. there's a theory, there's a, a real vague pseudoscience theory that time flows in, in one direction, and it's in accordance with the Earth's gravitational pull. So, if you reverse that, if you reversed the Earth's rotation, in theory, you would reverse time, the flow of time. Mm. That is what they're playing with. It's not explained at all, but that's what they're trying to There's illustrate. There's real math to it, though. Too. So, like, right. he, he circles the globe 44 times in that sequence at 10.5 seconds in a, a diameter. <laughs> and I, that, love, I love that you looked this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that means that at peak speed, he was traveling 183,000 miles per second. There. And, and the, then, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. So Superman's traveling at the speed of light, and they, they put enough, like, they showed that mathematically in here. If you're a yeah. big enough nerd, you can break it down yeah. and pause it. Like, that's the speed of light. I just thought it was funny that after he reverses it to a certain point, he's like, oh, wait, and then goes back the other direction to get it back on the right path, because mm-hmm. he's conscious like that. But this doesn't make sense to me, because he rewound it, but didn't. Is, so at this point, isn't everything else going on also? But we're he's like, and we're not believe. discussing any butterfly effect here, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like I, 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 that would have been a cool sequel to address, like, <laughs> like that he like messed things up a little bit, right? Right. Like, so maybe maybe this school bus fell this time, but he was like, Lois is worth it. We're mm-hmm. supposed to believe that he reversed time and then did everything right this time. So right. so he uh, he like maybe he didn't kiss Miss Tessmacher like he he uh, did things more efficiently because he has the experience right. and they didn't want to just show him doing it because it's boring as a movie but he fixed everything. Thank right. you, 1979. Yeah, yeah. And Lois is like, I'm out of gas. This is the worst day of my life. And she's back to life. <laughs> and like. Again, being alone, Superman never tells anybody that this happened, and he apologizes. He says, "I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry that I didn't get here earlier because he wanted to help get her gasoline." But he experienced the death of his loved one, <laughs> and he'll take that to his grave. No one knows that happened. Yeah, because if everyone knew, they would ask him to do it for their aunt and sure, and sure, go kill Hitler, yeah. and he did it mm-hmm. once for Lois Lane and never again. Yeah, but it's always an option. I guess that's something they could mm-hmm. always whip out. 
in the initial script of this movie, it ended with him taking the rocket and then hurling it into space. And it was a huge, giant, like Herculean effort. And then he was like, oh, I did it. I saved the planet. And then the rocket hit that glass shard of Phantom Zone and released oh, the three criminals. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's how the sequel started. Oh, okay. And they were going to do this reverse the Earth thing in the second movie because they wanted this to end with Lois knowing who Clark is. Right. And for the second movie, her knowing who he is and being in danger because of it. Gotcha. So then he reversed the planet and then never told her his secret mm. so that you could have both. You could have, you can show her loving them and... But then go back to status quo in the third movie. Right. But they decided not to do that. Well, that's a little better than the mystic roofy kiss. Like, Yeah, there's a magic kiss later. So this is my fantasy of Superman going into the White House and picking up Trump and dropping him up in a prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, cool. the greatest criminal mind of our time, Lex Luthor. And that's how I knew him as a kid in the comics as a bald, screaming madman. <laughs> so by the end, I'm like, okay, the real Luthor now. That's right. nice. Yeah. We're all oh, part of the same team. I love that. Truth, justice, and the American way, you guys. And that's the last line that he says in the movie. We're all part of the same team. Don't thank me. Oh. That's amazing. Or ask us again if this is our favorite Superman. <laughs> Do you like it? I love it. <laughs> it's great. Christopher Reeve has always been my favorite Superman, and Richard Donner's Superman has always been my favorite Superman movie. I agree, sir. I love it. I love it. People who say that you can't write Superman should watch this movie, that he's like an impossible character to get, like the emotional vulnerability of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't throw a single punch <laughs> in two hours, and it's still incredibly cool. I love that. Uh, yeah, you can do anything with this guy, and this is a great example of that. It's amazing. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, it was extremely nonviolent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. Because Superman can't fight. He's never played right. football, even. He's right. not a jock. <laughs> he has no idea how to close his fist. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, you guys, this was great. Thank you so much yeah, for coming this down. Was great. I love yeah. experiencing this. Is my favorite movie with my favorite people. This is awesome. Yeah, Kenzie, last thought. Let's go around as a round table. I have been, obviously, with your assistance, developing uh, a deeper appreciation for Superman. He was somebody who, like, I had read, um, oh my gosh, what's that one? Birthright? Or Kingdom Come? Or New no, Frontier? Uh, with Frank Quietly, Grant Morrison. Oh, All-Star. All-Star, yeah. yeah. I, that was really the only thing I think that I'd read. And then, of course, his first appearance um, but I've been like reading Birthright and things and seeing more deeply who he is. And then this to me was like the not only the epitome of his personality, I think they really nailed it, but like the way that he interacts with society, like this solidified this feeling that like you kinda think he's a real guy. He kinda <laughs> seems like he's an actual part of American history. Totally, totally. I'm Mason. really glad we saw this. You've been the producer for all these podcasts on Superman and Yeah. I, yeah, this is your first time on microphone. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Um yeah, I think uh, obviously this was a joy for reliving my my childhood, but also you and your amazing knowledge and facts were really adding another uh, another layer to it. Is watching it was like watching VH1 <laughs> pop up video but, behind the Superman. Yeah, with Superman. So that was really cool. Like I have even more respect for this film and the thought that went into it because the script is amazing and the and the thought in the production design and and little character traits that you pointed out. I was just like, wow, they really. 
thought about this. I'm so my respect has gone up. This is a great piece of film work. Awesome, awesome. Hooks, thank you so much for coming. This was great. I am so happy because I feel like you have really helped me overcome some serious Superman biases. That's my goal in my in the Fast. No, I'm serious. Cause <laughs> no, it's I, awesome. I always thought of him as kind of a, a, a dippy, uh, too campy, too cheesy, just like so innocent. Ugh, just, ugh. And I don't know if I've matured, but I feel like, you know, Batman is a very good alternative angsty hero to mm-hmm. have. But I'm really seeing the value of Superman, especially like you said, for today. Um Wow, yeah, yeah today past, parallels. It's very, very relevant. And um, yeah, I'm just really, really stoked. I feel uh, excited to maybe look into more Superman. I'm so glad to hear that. It's amazing. All right, well, thanks you so much for listening, guys. Uh, as always, remember, we're all part of the same team. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thanks for doing this, y'all.